has one in her hand right there. Thank you. Uh, the other thing is we are going to be doing a breaking of pots. I want you guys here, make sure if you guys are listening out there, 625. We're going to do what we did in Yuba City. We're going to do what we did in Missouri at Bards Fest. And we are going to be breaking the pots of light um, like, like Giddy and his army. So there you go. I got a photographic memory, just not a polar where it takes a while to get the pictures right. back. <laughs> exactly. no, what you no, playing no. next? Could you give me an A? I want to
this one's right. It does, right? I'm just, we're just vibing. What's that feedback coming from, Duncan? Did you turn down the monitors just a tad? Aha. Aha. Okay. Trust in thee. 
It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. This mountain shall be removed, this mountain shall be removed, this mountain shall be removed, by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by might, and not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This mountain shall be removed, this mountain shall be removed, this mountain shall be removed, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Cause we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Sacrifice of praise to the house of the Lord, and we offer up to you sacrifices of thanksgiving, and we offer up to you sacrifices of joy. here okay so if you guys haven't put your name in the raffle you got about five minutes because we're gonna we're gonna draw like 10 names tonight so get your little booties if you want to be in the the fun little drawing into that box right there at the resistance chicks table okay write your name put it in the little box and we're gonna we're gonna give some cool little giveaways and i got some surprises up here just for you guys so all right, write your name down. Thank you, Jeff. Keep playing. You're doing awesome. Oh, oh, and we got the cord, baby. I'm going to tell you where the cord was. The Lord told me, he said, you're going to keep trying to figure this out yourself or you're going to ask me. So we prayed, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm a little embarrassed because I didn't pray. And then we did, and then my sister went and found that we had the cord for one of our speakers. Like, we literally had it like we did in our car. So thank you, Jesus, for the cord. We got the music, and we got Jeff, and thank you, God. Praise the Lord. forgives all your iniquities and he heals all your diseases who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles so bless the my 
Satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. As high as the heavens are above all the earth, so great is his mercy to those who fear his name. So bless. Forget not his benefits. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou discomfited within me? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou discomforted within me? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou discomforted within me? Hope thou in God, He is thy strength, He is thy rock and thy salvation. Trust in the Lord. He is thy strength, He is thy rock and thy salvation. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou discomforted within me? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou discomforted within me? Why art thou cast out, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, He is thy strength. He is thy rock and thy salvation. Trust in the Lord, He is thy strength. He is thy rock and thy salvation. I would have fainted, I would have fainted. Unless, unless I had believed To see the goodness, to see the goodness Of the Lord in the land of the living My enemies encompassed round about Scheming and seeking to destroy me My enemies encompassed round about Scheming and seeking to destroy me my enemies encampest round about, scheming and seeking to destroy me. But the Lord is my God, He is my defense, He is my rock and my high tower. The Lord is my God, He is my defense, He is my rock and my high tower. I would have fainted, I would have fainted. 
Unless, unless I had believed to see the goodness, to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I would have fainted. For this old boy, I would have fainted unless, unless I had believed to see the goodness. To see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. his microphone no, hello okay we're good. we're good wow Looking all right fast. so 
I just saw the Cantrell kids. Hey, Paul, can I borrow you on the front? Can you come here and be our raffle drawer? Yeah, we don't want to look like we're cheating and we're playing favorites. Come on. So yes, I need any kids. This little girl's so full of the Holy Ghost. I just need a, a kid who you don't want. You don't have to. You want to draw some raffle tickets for us? All we need you to do is reach your hand in here when we tell you and pull out a ticket. Can you, are you? Are you? Are you? You're not shy. Not there are no Cantrell children who you are, are shy. shy. Can you Amen. come up here and draw some? You want me to grab? Want me to bring it down to you? Here we go. Okay. All right, guys, we have a lot of things to give away. Okay, so actually the first two I'm going to draw, actually, Jeff, I'm giving these away as part of the raffle. Okay, so Jeff has these CDs. <laughs> You've just been hearing him, the anointing of God's on him. He has these for sale. He's got about 30 of them for sale. They're going to be available at the Resistance Chicks table for okay, sale. Okay, so you're just going to figure it out or go find him and or pay the him. man and give him, I don't know, how much do they sell him for? Uh, $10. Ten, ten bucks. Come on. There's all got to go. Get out 10 bucks and buy these guys' CDs. It's absolutely awesome. It's called literally constitutional gospel. How do you, you don't get any more bards than that. All right. So we're, we're doing a little raffle. Okay. Thing. Tell everybody your name. Adonaya. Okay. This go is on. Adonaya Cantrell, one of 10. Uh, so Adonaya, go ahead and draw Can us one name. Can she pull out two for me? Go ahead and pull, that, pull out two, please. All right, we've got Joe, Joe Swartz and Lily Heidinger. Awesome. awesome. Okay, so anybody know Joe Swartz? Well, uh, check, check on the resistance chicks table because you might have won. Okay, can you, can you draw another one for me? Okay, awesome. So we've got here, we've got 10 of these. We're going to do more quick. Defending the Constitution behind enemy lines. All right. We've got Julie Thorpe. Are you here? Okay, we're going to be by the We're by about the to table. draw a lot of these books because we have a ton of these we're going to be giving away. And then Flightworks Mary. If you're here, come and get the book. It's going to be easier if you just come and get it. Put it in here. Okay. No, just put it all the way in there. There we okay. go. So this is Julie Thorpe, Flightworks Mary. You got a book. All right, give me two, give me two more. This is hers. That one's hers. Make sure it's got your name in it there. I'm ready. Thank I you. That's hers. All right, we got Maria Frailer. Thorpe. 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 Hang, no, Thorpe. Hang on. Which one is that? That's okay. you. No, no, no. I don't need you it back. It. Yes, I do. That's got your email on it. That's the whole reason we did this. Steal y'all's emails. All right, so hang on a minute. I think it was Thorpe. Thorpe? Thorpe? I got Thorpe right here. Okay, you get, who's Thorpe? I, I'm not keeping your email address. Awesome. All right, we got Dora Hoke. Do, yeah, Dora. Do you pronounce that? H-O-C-H. I think it's Dora, right? Dora, I think, or Dova. H-O-C-H. Is she here? H O C H, put it in the book. All right, but Next. when you pick it up, don't keep take going. Okay, Maria. Oh, we did Maria Frailer already. Frailer, Maria Frailer. Mar or Marcia. Oh, come on, Leah. Okay, right, go ahead. Couple more. Here we go. We We're gonna more. go through them pretty quick. Thank you. 
Here we go. I love, just fist them out. Okay. That's good. She gets the program. Connie Bow, B-A-U-G-H. Sir Connie Bow. I know y'all gotta be here still. You if all y'all people are not here, then that's a problem. You need to be getting here. Okay, Diana Etchfall. Tell me there. Tell me I pronounced that right. E I C H. It looks like F A L L. Diana Etchfall. Oh, is that you? Who is that you? What are you in? Connie. Connie. We got Connie's in the house. Connie's in the house. Connie's a good bard nation. Ikefeld. Diana Ikefeld. This is great. I'm so glad you're actually here. Nobody, everybody hates to draw when the people come up. I know, right? Some more. Here we go. We're going to keep going. Jody. What's that last name? Oh, come on, Jody. You want to surrender? Your... No, it's just burger. Burger, burger. Jody Burger. Jody Burger. Awesome. All right. Jackie Critz. Crit Weiser. Weiser or Visor? Weiser. Weiser, Visor. Crit, Crit Weiser. Crit Visor. K R I T W I S E R. Jackie. Come on, Jackie. Is that you, Jackie? I'm so glad you're actually coming up here. You're Jody. All right. Huh? We had so much stuff to give away, we had to do the raffle for two nights. All right, I need a Michelle Reed. Okay. You have won defending the Constitution behind enemy lines. Did you win one? Oh, Jackie, right here. Jackie. Fritz Weiser. Fritz Weiser. Yes. Awesome. We got two more of these. Michelle Reed. Michelle oh, Reed, okay. Michelle, I think y'all are here. Okay, this is great. Okay, one more. Here, give me one more for there. Oh, you already got it. She's ready. Oh, she's, she's awesome. She's got them fisted. Yes. All right, Barb Harris. Barb, are you here? Barb in the house. Back in the back. Barb, what? somebody take it to her. Hey, child on the bike, could you take this back? Unless you want to come up. All right, here we go. Let's keep moving. Okay. All right, we've got the soaps by imageinbloom.com, imagesinbloom.com. Everybody write this down because I know y'all want the soaps. Like, these are supernatural soaps with, like, so if you want the soaps, imagesinbloom.com for girl. the soaps. Who we got? Who's getting the soaps? Ernie Dogs. That's an awesome name, dog. Come on, dog. Where my dog, Ernie? Ernie Dogs, getting the soap. Ernie Dog, in the wash soap. yourself, Ernie, in the blood. All right, you. Yes, ma'am. Woo! Yes, praise the Lord, you won. Okay, got another one. Here we go. She's fisting him. I love it. What's this for? Here we go. Scott Stillwell. You don't need. Scott doesn't even know what he won. You're just pulling names. Scott Stillwell, you're gonna wash yourself too. No, I have. No, get the suit. Okay, we're getting. Oh, Scott. you're getting. You're getting the. Scott's getting the Corey Gray's book. That's what he's getting. All right, here we go. Scott's okay. getting born again as kings. Y'all should be watching Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays on Resistance Chicks. With Corey. With Corey Gray. With and we got Lori Horton. Lori Horton, you're coming. You've got... You got um, these cards here for Lori. Okay, these cards are by a Bards Ernie. Nation. All right, dog. Living Branch 3 at rcn.com. The Living Branch cards for every season. She Beautiful hand done cards and you have a pack of them lori are you for all lori for you? you still water i don't know what you want but well, you, you want don't that. want them you're welcome you made them 
Are Hang you, on, you can't win with me. You're joking me. What are hey, these here, here. stinking odds? Okay, here, you're getting born she, again. I, <laughs> no, no, we're not getting it. Whose dog is that cute dog? There you go. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Why don't you tell people about your business? That's what you're going to do. Tell them how you find Tell them what you do. Well, there's my dog, Nala. Um, Hold it real close. I was a real estate agent for 20 years, but back in the early 80s, maybe it was the 90s, I designed these cars. And I, they're all uh, scriptural. They're very, very colorful. And they all conveyed the message of the Lord. They're, this one is the parable of the sower. Um, this is a packet of six. I don't have a website yet. I do have something on Facebook. I'm working on it. I'm slow. But um, I appreciate you letting me talk. Yes. Where can they find you on Facebook? Cool. Make me cry. Where can they find you on Facebook? Where can they find you? I think it's on Living Branch. Living Branch. The Living Branch? Yes. The Living Branch. I'll get okay. She's she's a dual. Hang on, somebody's custom. about to win these cards here. But somebody's gonna win these cards. Mary now. Gilmore. Mary, Mary Gilmore. Gilmore. Are you here? Mary Gilmore. All right, we're gonna send. We got a Gilmore for Mary. Oh, we got her. All right, Mary. Woo! This All is right. so fun. I love this. Hang on, we got. Oh, we do, this is a big one. This is a big one. So this is the Faraday bag. I know oh, you're, you're all right just going to pray to Jesus right now. Hope that your name is <laughs> All right, ready? Right. Hit me. You're being such a good helper. I really appreciate you. Give me that one. There we go. All right. Teresa, hang on a second. Because Teresa Dennison already won from another table this Yeti. She did her own raffle, and we're doing it right now. So, Teresa, you just got double blessed. Teresa, do we have it? Are you Teresa? You're Mary. Is Teresa Dennison here who's just a double winner? There she is. Teresa, and I've sat with you at dinner last night and met you. Hey, I want to make an announcement. All the speakers that are here, anybody that feels like they're important, when you go and eat dinner, eat with everybody. Don't sit and talk to each other. Go and sit with other people because I met some phenomenal people last night just by grabbing my plate and sitting at a table. Obviously, she's awesome. blessed. She's, got, she's very blessed. She's won twice. All right, Mary, these cards are for you. No, yeah, thank, thank you. you. All right, hang on. We've got uh, the cup two more soaps. Corey Gray's book. No, those haven't been redeemed yet. Okay. Okay. Is this, is, has this, has Lori Horton been called? I think, I think Lori. Okay, she came, she did the, she did the, the cards. Okay. That's right. All right, okay, okay. a couple more, lady. The lady, we thank you so much. You're just beautiful, Vanna White here. Laura Lee. Do we have Laura a Laura Lee, Lee here? Laura Lee, where are you? Girlfriend. Laura Lee. I know her. I know her. Laura, Laura Lee. Lee won this book. Born Again as Kings. All right. Okay, that, now that. I got the exciting. I got something very exciting. So we had a lady, um, and I got two. What? Laura Lee needs her book. Here, Michelle. Get the, okay. the Hand me the book. Oh, you want, Thank you. Want? Yeah, here okay. we go. Laura Lee. There she is right you here. You got your Teresa, book. Teresa, you won twice. You're Laura Lee. Now, hang on. The, the table in the back, shoot. What was the table in the back? Where is she? Raise your hand. Shout it out to me because I forget which table it was already. Okay, you guys, are, these are very special. Okay, so these were made. Only could only could make three of them. One's going to Scott. Okay. 
These are cups. Look at these. They say Bard's Fest. Look at this. Come on. Okay, so we're giving two of these away. Everybody say your prayers right now. See if God loves you. Just kidding. If you don't win, God still loves you. All right. Hit me, Adonia. Myra. Okay. Myra. Just Myra. Yes, we know Myra. We prayed for her to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Myra. With my cowboy hat. Myra. 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 At least we know who she is. We can find you in the box. We get to. During the raffle to inform you guys that if you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you will be before you leave. Okay. All right, we got one more. Wait, one more. Last one. Last one. One more cup. All right. Kelly. Shelly. Excuse me. Shelly. It's you didn't give me a last name, but I think it's it's either Mitch because you only put an email address here. K.S. Mitch. That's all I'm going to say. K.S. Mitch. Shelly. KS like Mitch is your email address. Are you is that here? You? Is that you? Are oh, you and you're my different Myra. There's two Myras. Wait. No, you won though. Wait, she's you, she's a what? Myra. Did you just put Myra on yours? Okay, she did. That's you. Wait, wait, you said your sister? You are. Right, so Shelly and Myra, you both just won? So there's another blessing. What? You guys get matching cups? How cool is that? That's the Lord right there. So pure and ah, Shelly. Oh my god. Okay, somebody lost some sunglasses. Well, congratulations. We'll put them we'll put them on resistance chick's table. Oh, they're from they're our people. They're from our side of town. Mount Carmel. Oh, awesome. Ohio. All right, okay. I think we're ready to so we're doing tonight. Hey, Scott Kesterson. We need Scott, Scott Kesterson to the front, please. Oh, can I get a Scott Kesterson to the front? Is he eating? Is that Scott eating? Right there? No. Yes, that's Scott. He's eating. Where is he eating? That's not. Scott doesn't eat. Okay. Scott doesn't eat. No, oh, he not. does. Hey, Scott. It is Scott eating, actually. That's not Scott. Yes, it is. He's got a big plate of food. No, Look that's not Scott. He's I'm looking at shirt. it right now. That's Brad Cummings. Hey, Leah. He okay, so he we literally can't hear me. When you're back there, you can't hear it. So he, we're all talking about him. He doesn't know. Hey, Kesterson. Set that plate down. Oh, no. He's got to eat. Let them boy eat. Okay, then we, you know Michelle, we can get the round table Let's started. Get, you know, you eat. We're going to do the round table. We'll break the plots of light after the round table. But is that good? Okay, we don't need you for the round table. Okay. All right. Where is Lincoln, my boy, with the sound? Okay, thank, thank this. Can we get a round of applause for our beautiful drawer? Oh, thank you, Adonia. Can you bless the people real quick? God bless you. That's it. I love it. Okay, awesome. All right, very good. All right, actually, first, I think, Jeff. All right. You had a song ready. You've been strumming along. Play your song. Okay. I forgot about that because you've been doing so good. Scott, eat your food. Jesus, we love you. We worship and adore. Glorify thy name in all the earth. Glorify your name, Lord. Glorify thy name. Glorify thy name. Glorify thy name in all the earth. 
Check, check, check. Lincoln, can we get the uh, stage mics on? Wherever you are, Lincoln. Here, just use this for now. All right, we're going to get going on a round table. Cam Hamilton. And right on up. And Pete, wherever you are. Corey. Is Lee Merritt in the house? Is Dr. Lee Merritt in the house? Anybody seen her? Dr. Merritt. Report to the stage. She's not going to hear it if she's behind the stage. Okay. All right, pretty much, if you spoke today, we need you on stage. Not universal. Neil Peterson. Right. Pastor Anthony, you're leaving me. Does he not know he's coming? What's that? Pastor Anthony. Yeah, you're coming on. What are you doing? Get Where up are you here. going? Sorry. That was my Bring fault. Bring the staff, yeah. That was my fault. He's trying to say hello to his wife. Brad Miller. Is Brad Miller here? Brad he Miller. Pete Chambers. Is Pete here? He's coming. So is Corey. All right, They're here coming. we go. Here comes Corey. We're Where's good. Brad Miller? Hey, brother. And, and Dr. Merritt, I need somebody to go chase after her. She's gone, gone? All right, that's fine. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Oh, Brad, we got you this time. 
We called you earlier. You were out, like, golfing or something. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, good. That's Scott, what trade me mics. This one's on now. Well, we got one. That's good. So, what's your name? Okay. It needs more volume. Lincoln, can we get more volume on that? You got this? More volume? More volume. Pastor Anthony, with his Moses. Okay. Donica Hudson, get on stage. We're doing spiritual and kinetic warfare, so Lee Merritt's not here, so you're here. You're going to be the, Donica's coming up? He's going to be the spiritual warfare of this. Okay, well, it's all right. Just put her between Pastor Anthony and Cam. That's like Hello. tactical warrior, spiritual warrior right there. Okay, we're good. Right there. He's working. Live, they're live. So, they're live. Hey, I'm Donica. Nice to meet you. Okay. So, Pastor Anthony, undo your mic. Okay, good. There you go. And then Cam, we're going to give you two. We'll share that mic. Test one, two. You three, Donica, Pastor Anthony. You three, Donica, yourself, and Pete will share that mic. You guys share this mic here. You, okay. Can't, can't, and then you two share this mic. It sounds good. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, we, we, these are always a little... When we first start these, it feels like we're lining everybody up for like a firing squad or something. We're good. Okay, so this is a round table, which I, I enjoy these because they're very... We start to get past... We start to get into a Q&A type discussion, so we start to hear more in a depth of who people are and the wisdom that gives to us all. Hey, oh. uh, Scott, I don't mean to be a downer, but I don't really see a round table. Um, <laughs> so are this we is round. Prop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good, but we got some in the back, so that's good. <laughs> I'm walk, I'm hobbling up here, and Cam says, that, uh, "Brother, you need a wheelchair." So thank you very much. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good dinner. Jim, thank you very much. Awesome work today again. I was over at the grill, and they were cooking away. I said, "Where's Jim?" They said, "We fired him." I said, "Okay, it's all good." Okay. So what we're going to do here, I'm going to open up with a couple questions. We're going to kind of get everybody to introduce themselves. And then we've got Leah and Michelle with mics, and we're going to go through, and we want you to ask questions. Because I think this is a good time to get to know them and have them give wisdom that they can, which is good. We've had an amazing day, really amazing day of, of great speakers. And so much of what 
this is. By the way, we just did baptisms up top, and we did about 20, by the way. It was pretty awesome. And, and Brad Cummings and I were in there with everybody, praying on each one. And I just I want to put that in context because, so this is, this is the way this works here anyway in this community. And we had all ages too, by the way, which is pretty awesome. I mean, just that was amazing. We even had a, an engaged couple getting baptized together, which was just totally awesome. That's totally cool. So the thing I, I want to point out that's so unique is that these are people that have waited. And I, as I get the emails and they're like, okay, I've waited and we're going to travel and I'll be like, I'm coming from Illinois. I'm coming from here and we're, and we're going to come to the location and we want to be baptized. That's powerful because you're now you've accepted Christ at that point and then you're coming in to like take it to another level. And that's really what that was about. We had Willie up there who owns the property up there enjoying himself. It was good. It was, just, it was a great time. So thank you all for it. We're up there because we, we had a great community support up there as well. And Brad, thank you for all the support today. Brad and I were in the tank together. It was good. And it was, it was wonderful. And just really a, a beautiful, beautiful experience. Okay, so let's start with it here. We'll just take down, just remind everybody who you are and uh, why are you here? Well, my name is Neil Peterson and I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, all Ohioans, yes. All right. I've been married 22 years. Got married on Groundhog's Day on 222. Didn't know it was Groundhog's Day. Had three daughters, 20, 13, and 11. And uh, I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I was put on this earth to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, that's who I am, unapologetically a disciple, unapologetically will proclaim truth. And if everyone likes you, you're lying to somebody. Truth? Good. <laughs> so honored to be here. I'm with fellow brothers and sisters of the Lord, and that's apparent. The Spirit of God is here. Your military service that... Yeah. Uh, spent uh, from 2000 to 2006, United States Army Reserve as a combat engineer. Uh, did one tour in Iraq in 2003. And um, honored to serve my country. And I believe that God will save America. My name is Brad Miller. Many of you heard my story this morning, but um, I'm from North Carolina originally. I now live in Tennessee, uh, lived in plenty of other places along the way. Uh, to answer the question about my military service, I was in the Army for 19 years, three months, and 15 days. Um, also a combat engineer, I was just telling him that if we, if we had some C4 up here, I mean, we, could, we, could really, we could really make this a party. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, Brad, tomorrow night, <laughs> they, they, they tell me they've got a explosive license here. So. Yeah. So it's going to be an explosive evening. All right. Good, good, good. Um, uh, never married, don't have any kids, but happy to be with, uh, with my family here. Um, I really enjoyed the themes today, kind of linking kinetic warfare to spiritual warfare. As I mentioned today, you know, I, I do believe that when we speak about spiritual war, spiritual warfare, you know, that is that is not a metaphor. As I said earlier today, it's very real. And um, I'm grateful to be right here, seated shoulder to shoulder with uh, with these fine, distinguished individuals and hanging out with all of you this evening. Oh, my bad, my bad. 
Um, if you hadn't seen my uh, uh, me up on stage with my little boy earlier, my name's Corey Terry, uh, originally from Nebraska. Uh, spent 25 years in the in the Army. Uh, the last 15, I was in Special Forces, uh, the Green Berets. Um, retired December 2019, about three, well, December 1st, so about three months before the pandemic pandemic went to full swing. Um, but yeah, I'm married. My wife is uh, unfortunately had to go back emergently to Romania. Her father was, was critical in the hospital and he's, he's still getting along. <clears throat> it's a, kind of a rough road. Um, I have my two children here. Liam's three years old and his older brother is 10, Mattia. I also have older kids. I have a 30-year-old, 29-year-old, 27-year-old, and a 22-year-old who's in the Army now. He's at uh, Fort Hood, Texas. He's a 12 Bravo. 12B. Right, so combat engineer. He's, a, he's just completing his first year in the, in the, uh, in the Army. Um, I guess I'm here because well, I know I'm here because God led me here, but the message came through. Oh, it's that one. Turn it off. But yeah, the, the message certainly came through Scott and all of you guys that are in the Bards family. So I, I really appreciate it and, um, and getting the encouragement to come up here and, and speak with all you fine people. Thank you. My name is Scott, and I work for State Farm. Uh, oh, sorry. Nice going. Sorry. Uh, I, I, I don't know what happened there. I blacked out. Um, no, yeah, that's right. So try to keep it lightly here. My name is Cameron Hamilton. I'm running for U.S. Congress, former SEAL, former division director at DHS, and faithful servant to the Lord of Glory. Oh, I think I'm supposed to use that word. How many of you feel really safe? I do, up here with these guys. I'm Donica Hudson. I was your speaker yesterday for spiritual warfare and deliverance. So I'm a mom, a minister, and uh, my husband and I sued the federal government for not protecting our children in bathrooms, locker rooms, and showers back in 2015. So that kind of, thank you. That kind of, and we won, and that in North Carolina, I live in North Carolina, and that kind of catapulted me into uh, speaking at places like this because, you know, all of us are in this fight together and come after our cubs and the mama bears come out, okay? Um, I have three children. I have two adult children. My oldest is a youth pastor. My daughter in the middle is a worship leader who's on the mission field with YWAM. And I have a 15-year-old who's playing in the band right now at homecoming in uh, our hometown. So um, I wrote a book about constitutional prayer after an encounter with the Lord. And it is a prayer strategy to take America back with our civil covenants that are stored in the third heaven. And I believe that when we pray these, this is what Scott's about with Bard's Fest, that it ushers in a force of covenant and history that preserves America. Thank you. My name's Anthony Thomas, uh, honored to serve my country as a United States Marine. Always wanted to be a Marine like my dad, fought in the Tet Offensive. Uh, been a pastor for almost 20 years now, specifically very heavily involved in deliverance ministry. I've led teams and been involved for almost 20 years. I've fought demons 
all over the world. Uh, have a wonderful and amazing wife. We've been together 24 years. Last week, we celebrated 22 years of marriage. And uh, my wife's over there, Lydia. And uh, wonderful children, uh, four of them, 12, 16, 20, and 24 years old. And they're all champions for Christ, and I love them dearly. Uh, why am I here today? I'm here today to see the kingdom of God advanced. Amen. And I'm here because I love this country, and I will not stand by and watch our country be lost on my watch. It's that simple. Good work. Yeah. Matt, that's all you. Hi, this is Joe. He's my working dog. I'm actually his working person. Our motto is look for work. Uh, I came, I was a soldier. I came in under Ronald Reagan. I got out under Brandon. Uh, I'm just telling the truth. It's good. Uh, yeah. And so uh, why am I here? Because I'm in the uh, right place, right time with the right equipment. Come on. To, to, to conduct operations behind enemy lines with little groups of paratroopers. We're going to link up. We're going to go out and conduct sabotage and all kinds of mayhem against demons, because I'm going to be training with this fella. <laughs> and uh, that's what we're going to do. And that would be uh, Lieutenant Colonel Ivan Ranklin, late. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say, but based on what Doc Chambers just said, the reason why I'm here is to help motivate others to castrate the deep state and crush the commies. There you go. Were you, were you, were you late because you were doing push-ups? <laughs> <laughs> he can do a bunch. I've seen him. That's good. All right. Let's 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 start with some fundamentals. I think one of the things, before we get into questions, I kind of want to set some context. Every one of you here has in your mind a principle of tactics, all your experience in tactics. We also have an understanding of strategic vision. So I just want you to talk to that, what that means in your life and what that means now in having a strategic vision with tactics that work. Oh, okay. I thought what you said. I thought you said Randy. So I was like, "Who's Randy?" If if you were if you were here part of uh, the time that I got to speak, the Lord actually gave me a vision called full spectrum warfare, and the body of Christ is never without a plan, because our King is a commander, and when we have that understanding that the church is not aimlessly walking in Egypt. We are actually crossed the river Jordan where we have to take the ites, the giants of the land, and we are to take dominion. So there is a strategy that the king has given us. And when we have that strategy, we don't have to come up with the strategy. As a soldier, I know there's some commanders in here, but as a soldier, the commanders gave the orders. And so I recognize King Jesus as my commander and I wait for his orders. And so the problem that I'm seeing in the body of Christ is there's actually good people, good brothers and sisters in the Lord that are often trying to fight fights that they weren't called to fight. And in that there's infighting, there's jealousy, and the enemy can use that. Where we get the strategy of warfare, first through the word, through the intimacy of walking with the Lord, but it's also, we have to understand that we wait on the Lord. And I was telling my brother here that the battle always belongs to the Lord. 
But he said, as Jeremiah, you are my weapon of war. So when we understand that we're a weapon in the hands of the commander, there's an understanding that it is his fight, but yet we are part of the good fight. And so I've had to wait. Sometimes the hardest thing is waiting, but waiting comes the strategy, the blueprints, the understanding. And some of us are like the Davids. We don't have some of the, the um, machinery that maybe our opponents have, but he will, under, he will give you the understanding that sometimes all you need is a few round stones to take down some of the giants. And so this is a battle of faith because we don't always have the numbers, but we have to remember that with God, he uses the few to take down the many. And so in this hour, I wanna encourage you to find out what your battle strategy is, how to get full dominance first over your own life, because you're not gonna be effective if you cannot find victory within your own life. It doesn't mean that you're sidelined, because God's not gonna use a perfect person, but he wants you to have the battle and the victory in your own life before you try to start to win in all the battles in front of you. So remember, your greatest responsibility first is to your, to your wife, to your husband, and to your family. And then it moves out from there. If you look at, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of explain very quickly the way that, um, in the ways of warfare militarily, the way that we would use the term strategy and what that means, and then we'll amplify that and see maybe what it means spiritually. So from a military perspective, strategy is the way in which you would make large scale decisions by first identifying what is the terminal condition or what a lot of times in the military is referred to as an end state. You identify that end state you want to achieve. And then in order to pursue that end state, you also identify the intermittent ends you want to achieve en route to that end state. You identify the ways in which you're going to achieve those intermittent ends to achieve your end state. And you're going to identify the means in which you're going to achieve those intermittent ends that lead to an end state. So in the military, when you talk about strategy, a lot of times you will talk about it as a decision-making framework to achieve an end state through ends, ways, and means. If you amplify that perspective and you look at this as a spiritual war, in reality, nothing changes except for one significant difference. And that is, at least when we talk about spiritual warfare, we know what the end state is and that victory is already achieved. What we don't know is, are we gonna be on the, on the winning side? God wins in the end, that is the end state. We just have to hope that we are on God's side when that, uh, when that victory is achieved. But in terms of how we engage in the warfare, it's the same thing. We got to figure out, well, what are the levers that we are trying to influence? Who are the individuals that maybe don't see things the way that we see, that we can lean on them, we can cause them to defect and come to our side. We can, um, we can influence the way that their worldview operates so that they can start to see the strategic environment much more clearly than perhaps they do now. So in reality, other than understanding that we got to widen our perspective to understand strategy from a spiritual standpoint, it's really not that much different than the way that we in the military would think about it, albeit on a, on a smaller, more temporal scale compared to, you know, in the spiritual realm. 
It's, it's interesting, in, in unconventional warfare, um, you're generally given a problem and you gotta figure it out. I mean, you're given a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of tools and resources, um, but you, you get a general mission statement, you go into uh, area of operations and you figure it out. Uh, I know I, I talked with uh, Scott before about the human terrain, but it was interesting when, you know, three and a half years ago, when everything started amping up, right, and everybody was posting, you know, who's, who's responsible, who's who's the guy above the guy above the guy, who do we who do we go after, you know, who's the boogeyman, and it was like a big distraction. There was there was tons of information flooding the alternate media sites. Um, people were doing research. And, So, the, you know, doing a lot of research, waking up early in the morning before you're going to work so you don't interfere with your family time when you get home. Um, and it, 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 it just caused a lot of energy or cost a lot of energy. And I remember I saw this one meme uh, that came across one of, one of our channels and it just made sense. It just made a lot of sense. This was about two, two and a half years ago. It was a, a picture in the top caption was a bunch of tactical soft guys jumping off of helicopters with, with high-speed equipment and rifles. And it says, <clears throat> what I thought the resistance looked like. And on the bottom, it's a picture of a mother, a father, and their children holding hands going to church. And I was like, that's it, right? Every rabbit hole that you go down, what's at the bottom? It's the Prince of Darkness, right? It's, it's the devil. So, and I was like, that makes so much sense. Let's focus on that. Now, <clears throat> obviously, we're we're in a, a, a great spiritual warfare, and I think the biggest strategy for us to realize, I guess, more for us because we already know God won, is to bring as many people to Christ as possible. Share the gospel, right? And and I think that. Uh, you know, one of the best ways to do that is, is like, I know um, Scott has outlined, you know, the county by county and getting these podcasts to spread the message and to gain information, intelligence, and map the human terrain within each county. And I think that's an awesome strategy. I also think that our children, right, we talked about this a couple times or yesterday and today, are the key, right? So if our enemy holds our children, that's our next generation. He holds all of us. We, we continue to be slaves. I pulled my children out of school, out of public school three years ago. Well, Mattia was in school, but, so we've been homeschooling for three years. And the, the difference I see is, is immense. You know, um, not only is your children at home bonding with the family, with the brother, mom, and dad, um, but they're learning way more than they would in public school and you're protecting them from all that evil indoctrination that they're getting at the public schools and it's i mean it's it's very apparent very apparent so i think the kids are one of those those key strategic goals or objectives that we must realize so spread the gospel bring as many people fill all these seats and and do these venues all across the united states but then take away the next generation from our enemy Bring them back home. Look after them.
there's a lot of different techniques, you know, that you can use. One that's always been very insightful for me is your methods of communication and how you build teams. I will say, um, it doesn't mean you can't fight a fight alone, but most of us would probably agree it's exceedingly difficult. So the, what's the most basic and primitive team that you can find in this world? I'm glad it was mentioned earlier, it's the family. You know, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I have three kids of my own. My boy is, I think, probably swimming in the pond over there. <laughs> but that being said, <clears throat> when I was at an interesting point in my career, I believe that I heard the Spirit tell me, honor me in the little things, and I will bless you in the larger things. So life is a series of choices. And there are decisions that we make. And now there's even people that talk about decision fatigue. I've made too many decisions today. I can't handle it. Like, okay, you need to suck it up. Because obviously there's a little bit of generational issues going on there. But my point being, the decisions we make have repercussions. For reasons unknown to me, the Father has blessed us with a free will in a way that I probably wouldn't have designed this world to be because it seems chaotic. Uh, but nonetheless, that is his abundant love and grace for us. So when we honor him in the little things, in the small actions, in the small deeds that we have on a daily basis, they perpetuate and they amplify and they, they, they magnify each other to the point when you're facing critical large decisions, most of us tend to think that, oh, I would be brave, I would be bold, I would be daring. I would stand up against this. I would stand up against that. I'd be a defender of the helpless. But we need to really take a hard look at our lives and what we do on a daily basis. And it doesn't mean every day you need to be out there with your pickets and your signs, being radical and being crazy. I mean, there's a time for that. Don't get me wrong. But it, it does mean, do we bring honor and glory to him in the little things we do? Do you make eye contact with someone when you see them in passing and say, hi, how are you? Do you, does your goodness radiate from you in some way? And it doesn't mean you don't have lethality. We very much know that, but people should see that there's something special, there's something unique about your faith in your God in the little things, the medial actions. And I was asked one time, what's your greatest testimony? I said, well, the goodness that I try to treat others with. That's my greatest testimony I can offer uh, because it's, in my opinion, the evidence of, of someone who tries to live by the Spirit. So I would say build great teams. You do that with the little actions you have every day. I love a quote from Mother Teresa, and then I'll drop it here. Um, anyone who wants to change the world, go home and love your family first. So if we're going to tackle these monsters... If, if we're going to tackle these giants, we need to honor God in the little things. And it starts with our family, and it starts with what's in your immediate circle in front of you. It's good, bro. Excellent. Hey, real quick, um, just when we're speaking, I'm being told where our distance and our mic is pretty close to mouth. So, no, 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 it's good. It's just, I didn't know because all the mics are different. So, we're just, just keep it close so it's easier for them to control volume. Okay, so I was born on Shepard Air Force Base in Wichita Falls, Texas. My dad was a judge advocate general in the Air Force, and when he passed, I believe I got his mantle, and he was a constitutionalist. So 
my book is on constitutional prayer. There's two strategies there. The first one is re-covenanting with the civil covenants that I mentioned earlier that are stored in the third heaven. We're recognized just like Israel is. The question is, is God going to give us a certificate of divorce or not? It's up to us. He never left the covenant. So when we re-covenant with God, with all of our 50-state constitutions, Mayflower Compact, like we did, restoring the covenant, the 1607 land dedication covenant, like Doc Pete Chambers did with us, that we had in April, we actually do preserve, we, we come back to God as a country because he sees us through his civil covenants just like he did, does Israel. And a neat little example of that, of knowing that there's a pattern I put in my book when in the reconstitution, uh, in recovenanting with our nation's constitution, it's repent, recovenant, and then restore. That's what we employed at the first landing 1607 event at Cape Henry in April. And we had a powerful time of repentance at that time. The Lord, I was emceeing the event, it was 11 hours. And the Lord then began to instruct me, okay, use the second prayer strategy that's in my book, Pray America Great, that is for dethroning the deep state. You take authority over all manner of evil, according to Luke 10, 19, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Then you take that authority that yesterday I spoke about, that Jesus equated great faith with authority. When the centurion came to him, he said, I am a man under authority. I understand authority. Just say the word, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. And what did Jesus say? He said, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. So Jesus equated great faith with authority. So when all of us understand our authority based on the word of God and civil covenants that our founding fathers died, some of them, for us to have, then we can take that authority and reconstitute, recovenant our nation back to God. So there was a Navy SEAL. He goes to the uh, it's the first landing cross, and you guys know this because the speakers went. It's right there on the on the base in Cape Henry. So we prayed this prayer. We repented. We recovenanted, and. The next, a couple of days after that, I get this text from my friend who's a Navy SEAL, and it's all these pictures of the marble cross at first landing on the military base that's still standing, yet everything around it is obliterated. Then he sends me a weather report, and what had happened is a tornado had come through, at, or a hurricane, I'm trying to remember which was, and had... It had damaged 115 houses, crushed cars, I saw in the news. Not one person got a scratch. Think about that. If that's not Luke 10, 19 in operation, I don't know what it is, but it got to the cross and it turned back to sea. And I said, God, there must be some connection here. So I prayed and he said, go to the scriptures. You know, look at the scriptures before Luke 10, 19 and after. What happened there? And the disciples had come to Jesus, and they said, Lord, Lord, even the demons obey us in your name. And what was his response? His, the first thing he says is, I saw Satan fall as lightning. And what the Lord showed me there, being mindful of the instruction that I had received from my commander-in-chief, God Almighty, to pray third heaven prayers, 
I became mindful that in the second heaven where Satan's throne is, that there may be manifestations that look like lightning, hurricanes, tornadoes that manifest in the natural. Yet because we take authority and say nothing by, shall by any means hurt us, there could be confirmations that look like natural weather disasters that turn back at the cross and not allowed to, be, to touch God's cross. So that was a confirmation to me. Our prayers were heard, and many principalities in the region were dethroned. Okay, and that's scriptural. So I would just leave you with that, that when we know our authority and we use the prayer strategy and the word of God, we can take authority and send the angels and the host of heaven to those demonic altars in the second heaven. And see, we live in the first heaven. The second heaven is the sun, moon, the stars. Third heaven, paradise, streets of gold. We can send the angels and the host of heaven by praying the word of God, directing them at the target through the repentance and the recovenanting and asking God to restore that, demolish those demonic altars and replace them with heavenly altars. I think it's important to always get a biblical framework, and I want to drop this thought on this. The Old Testament, almost every single miracle that was done in the New Testament was performed in the Old. You had healings, there was power over elements, there was prophesying, there was miracles, there were signs, there was wonders, there was raising from the dead. When Jesus stepped on the scene, first thing he did, he went to a good old church meeting. How many know the most evil demons are usually within church because of religious spirits? Yeah. Oh, that's a hot one tonight. Amen? Yeah. And Jesus went in, and when he went in, a man began to manifest, a demonic manifestation. Jesus kicked the demon out of him. And what did they say? They said, what new doctrine is this? For with authority he cast out demons. So fighting demonic entities is the hallmark of a New Testament believer. So churches or individuals that do not want to engage in the spiritual realm are saying, in essence, I do not want to be a New Testament believer because fighting demonic entities was the absolute. You look in the Old Testament, no one fought demons straight on. The only mention you hear is David. He was like part of a good bluegrass band, and he's playing his harp. I mean, remember the story? And the Bible says he warded off an evil spirit that was attacking Saul. But you will see no mention of someone head-on fighting the power of Satan. And this is why Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So a kingdom clash started from from that point on, and that battle has been waging for 2,000 years, and God expects you and I to engage with everything we got. Amen? Another very important thing going to tactics. The Bible's very clear. The Apostle Paul said, I do not boast beyond my own sphere or my own metron. Every one of us have a sphere that God has given us. How many say that's true? When you stay within your sphere, you will be exceedingly effective. One of the greatest things for me as a pastor is to watch people operate and fulfill the call of God and stay within their sphere of what God called them to do. How many know you step outside of your sphere, you're going to get your lunch eaten by Satan? Amen. 
And so that's why I said, I don't boast beyond my own metron or my own sphere. So your tactics are going to depend upon the sphere that you operate in. Amen? And so that's why God wants us to stay authentic to what he's called us to do. He wants to engage, use us to engage the spiritual realm and understand that that should become part of a normal Christian experience for a New Testament believer. Good job. Strategy and Tactics 101 by Doc Chambers. I have the advantage of sitting at the end of the row of some serious tacticians and strategy makers. I heard something regularly throughout, the word authorities. You want to see a bunch of special operators smile? Give them what's called AAA. Advise, assist, and accompany into combat. When you have these three, you're able to do it through the authorities given by your commander-in-chief, Donica said commander-in-chief, I like that. That's who's in, who the boss is. And when we're operating in an unconventional realm, we can use military decision-making processes which are laborious, which I completely failed in the 18 Alpha course because I am a develop the situation on the ground kind of guy. But there's a need for both types in this fight. We have to think methodically but we gotta be prepared to go into our PACE plans, our primary, alternate, contingency, emergency plans, where do we develop a situation should chaos ensue? Because when chaos ensues, the only thing you can do, when you jump out of a plane at 12,800 feet, you control the controllables when you have a malfunction. When you're a pilot and you get your hand on the stick and you run out of fuel or the engines go off, you don't let go of the stick to figure out what's going on, you control the controllables. And the way we do that, now we're talking tactics, the way we do that is we observe what's going on around us. Heard you teach the kids this today. You orient yourself to a more tactically superior position. You make a decision and you act. And that brings you back to orient. It's called the OODA loop, O-O-D-A. Reference Colonel Boyd. When you do that, you put yourself what's called left of bang. The bang is the IED in the road. I talked about the 12th of May, 2004. That's when my truck was blown up. God didn't have the plan for me to go that day. I became an expert in IEDs the next day. I started the track. And so when we went on convoys, I was in the lead vehicle because I could smell them a mile away. I studied it like nobody's business because that was the enemy's tactics, techniques, and practices. So when you understand what they're doing and you understand yourself, you know the outcome of a thousand battles. Sun Tzu. Those tactics and these things that we're talking about as we lay the, the, this, Jesus said himself that Satan is the prince of this world. We are behind enemy lines from the day we were born. We're trying to get home. We're trying to take as many back with us. Those tactics and those things that we hear right here with authorities, that's how winning is done. Good work. Good work. All right, I guess I'm the closer here. Strategy and tactics. I'm going to take a, deal, a little bit of a different approach. So strategy. We look at the globe. We look at humanity. It's divided up into 193 countries, depending on who you ask, but the United Nations, that's what they call it, 193 countries. You narrow it down to the five key players, according to the UN Permanent Security Council, and it's the United States, China, 
United Kingdom, Russia, France, and then you divide it up according to strategists, use the paradigm known as in the military, diplomacy, information, military, and economics. Those are the elements of national power that every country essentially tries to leverage and use to be able to conduct their own version of power expansion and global dominance. Again, I'm focusing on the secular side of what they frame the current situation as. So you take that back to 2020, and I would argue that on January 20th of 2021, the Chinese Communist Party took over the pole position in the global order from the United States in three of those four elements of national power. Diplomacy, they have more embassies, more consulates in the globe as a footprint. Information, they have a, a larger deployment of 5G throughout the entire coverage of the world than any US company, Chinese companies. Economics, basically at this point, is supplanting the economic might of the United States. And on the military front, when they implemented the jab mandate, that started to erode the capability culturally within our military system and causing distrust of the nation and those service members of the most respected institution in this country. So that put them in a position where they are almost at a point of being able to compete with our military from a cultural discipline perspective. So that's my perspective of what's going on strategically in the global order. Now, tactics. Tactics is where we're going to be able to push back against what's going on in the global order. We're not gonna be able to compete right now as we sit here against what the Chinese Communist Party, Russia in support thereof, Iran, North Korea are doing as it applies to our society at the global level. But we, what we can do is at the tactical level, we have 3,143 counties and county equivalents amongst the 50 states and the six federal districts in this country. The way we take this thing back over, because we're currently in a counter coup situation. What occurred on January 6th was a coup d'etat. I argue it was temporary. And the reason why it's temporary is because we're gonna start to take over the counties. And the way we do that is that all of us that are sitting here and watching, we're going to become more active in the power structures at the county level to inculcate our culture and what we believe in and stand for so that it supplants the current injection of the culture that has been jammed down our mindset throats, schools, and our children, and push back at a massive level. And then we're gonna take over the counties, and then naturally that's gonna cause the cultural shift back to take over the states, and then eventually, I, I say that we can do this in, in 12 months, but it requires all of us to be involved, and that's how we're gonna be able to push back against the strategic, essentially lost currently that we're in for victory and what we can control we are involved in and what you can't control god's gonna fill in the gaps <laughs> That's good. all right we're gonna go to questions to the audience 
What I want you to really pick up on here that's really important because everybody's been through a lot, but you're hearing positive action here. You're hearing tangible, actionable thoughts and ways ahead. And you hear me say this on the show a lot because people will say things like, what do I do? <laughs> I usually get pretty snarky because I'm usually like at this point, if you don't know what you're going to do, like hit yourself over the head with the Bible and start there. So the point is that all of this is part of that continuing discussion. Oh, by the way, if you do want to know what to do, 2,600 episodes, you can start at one, move forward, you'll get it out. <laughs> so it's there, trust me. So the whole thing is that this is all positive action, okay? And this is where I call the heart of the warrior. Because every one of these people, every one of them, no matter what's, what they face, they will overcome, as will you, okay? And that's a mindset. And no matter what happens, you have to have that mindset that no matter what's before you, because you don't know what God's going to slide you. I didn't expect God to throw me in jail for 20 days. I'll tell you that right now. But it was that that put me here, okay? Everywhere you go, he puts you places that you may not expect, but you have a mission. And that's the one thing never, ever to forget. Let's take audience questions. Any questions? Okay, he uh, he's standing up, Michelle. You got to wow, go. Wow, fast, like, fast. Yeah. That was fast. <laughs> so this is probably a can of worms, but I want to bring up eschatology and pre-millennial versus post-millennial oh, uh, in times eschatology. Can I answer that question? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. So I've heard a lot of talk here. Uh, I've all only been here today, but uh, about authority and dominion, and I'm very much encouraged by pretty much everybody on the entire panel. What discourages me is what I hear coming out of so many mainstream churches is this pre-millennial eschatology of sitting on your hands and doing nothing. We're, beam me up, Scotty, wait for Jesus to come back, and... And that's the end of the fight. So why do I have to do anything if I'm just sitting around waiting for Jesus to come back? Is Pastor D here? Is Pastor D here still? Pastor D? Yeah, we're gonna we just interviewed her we earlier. We've got Pastor Anthony. Wait, armed, hold on. Hold on just one second okay. because this lady right here, she knows nothing about Bard's Fest. Come on. She knows come nothing here. about, she's a pastor and she came here because her parishioner is a Bard's Fest listener. She, and I'm just going to, I'm going to, she's, she's a different couple most of us. And she said, I know that I'll, uh, I'll kind of stand out when I show up. Why don't you come up here? Come on. Come on up. Pastor D has an yes, anointing please. on her. And she knows how to do spiritual warfare. Bring a chair. Bring, Bring a, chair. a chair for Pastor D. Because she honored. just literally, I just interviewed her on this question. Okay. We're and she answered you. it. Come Are on you, up. Come on, Pastor D. Yeah, and just get down a little bit, guys. Shift, pivot. And I want her to tell everyone real quick on why she's here because she said something that honestly made me cry. Okay, you're sharing. I mean, you are not going to be the same when you leave here today. I'm telling you right now, you're going to get so much Holy Ghost over on Pastor you. Pastor Anthony, can you hand her the, the mic there? Off that good bald head of yours. Okay, so so Pastor D, why did? What did the Holy Spirit tell you and tell you to come here? 
So my friend and parishioner, Jackie Kirchmeyer, invited me to come. Um, and at first I was a little not sure. She's been sending me a couple of clips from Bards, so I've been kind of <laughs> checking some stuff out. Um, but the Holy Spirit said, they love me. And that was all I needed to know. So I said I would come. I said that was the best compliment and I could have ever received. Okay, so tell them. Tell them about kingdom, Pastor B. Pastor D. Tell them about kingdom. Answer oh, the premillennial oh, question. Every, everything is kingdom. Everything is everything that everywhere where he is acknowledged, everything that he's created is kingdom. The kingdom dwells inside of me. When he ascended, he gave gifts to men. His spirit dwells in me. It dwells in us. Our job is to manifest it here in the earth. So we literally dwell in heaven with him that's where our spirit is because we're listening for his strategy his instruction on what to do when to do where to go when we're listening from a kingdom perspective we're wanting his answers not our opinion his answers his feelings his heart his mind that's kingdom and that's who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to want his kingdom come, his will to be done in earth as in heaven. So we have to be heaven mindset. We have to have a heaven mindset to bring, bring the kingdom here. And we can't do that sitting on our hands. That's right. Are we waiting to be, are we waiting to be raptured out of here? So the rapture, I'm just going to stop right there because that's as far as I'm going to go with it. This is what I believe. I believe that we are here because he prayed to the Father that we would stay here, but that we would be one with him, that we'd be one with him, but that we would stay here. Our job is to bring others into the kingdom. If we all just up and leave, what about our family? What about all the people on the earth that need to know about him? And if we're wanting to leave here, we're wanting to escape. We're not fighting. We're supposed to fight for his kingdom. We're supposed to fight for our king. We're supposed to fight for what's important to him. But we can't do that if our mindset is to leave here. That's it. Okay. Yeah, you're supposed to be here. You don't even know how much we love you right now. I'm going to tell you something. We're honored to have you here. Thank you for coming. <laughs> All right, Pastor Anthony. Light it. When you understand what's going to take place, Jesus said very clearly he would not return unless it was like the days of Noah. There will be a generation that is perfected and so full of the power of God that it is going to bust the next level of warfare out. The Bible is very clear. Satan will be knocked out of the second heavens and there's going to be an angel over the bottomless pit that's going to release a horde of hell from beneath the earth. So we see a flood just like in Noah's time from top and bottom at the same time. But all of this war will 
bust out because the bride, the church, the army that looks like banners covering her has been brought into full maturity. And that is going to be one of the signs, according to the book of Revelation, that Satan knows his time is about done. And so we have a mandate to see the church come to maturity. And as I said earlier in the message, the church is going to come to the same measure and stature of Christ. Jesus is not going to come back for a nine-year-old bride. He's going to bring the bride to maturity where she understands her authority, can fight and hook and jab with the best of them. And when that time's come, that will be part of what signals it's time for Jesus's return. Amen? Amen. Donica. Well, now we're having to go Donica hit this one. Donica. You said me? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, so I just want to say, whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, or no-trib, it doesn't matter. Occupy until he comes. If we get into these debates about when, where, you know, eschatology, all of that is fine. And listen, I'm, I'm a minister. I'm an ordained minister. And, and the thing is not what divides us, but occupy until he comes because this evacuation mentality is not going to cut it. You know, I, it is a think like the enemy. Think like the enemy for a minute. If you wanted to make a church impotent, wouldn't you tell him, Hey, you're not going to have to worry about the battle. You're going to be evacuated out of here. Don't even prepare. Don't worry about it. You don't even need the Holy Spirit and the dunamis power, the dynamite power that Jesus set the precedent to have for us to win. We can just have the country club faith here and go to church and feel good, smell good, and don't deal with the dirty stuff. And, and by the way, if you're the enemy, you can still, you know, let's make the church think that we only need to focus on two parts of the Trinity, God the Father and Jesus the Son. Let's just not talk about anything we can't see, the Holy Spirit. Let's let the enemy stay hidden. Let's let him be unseen so that we never understand anything of the Spirit. And I would say that Satan's done a pretty good job at pulling the wool over our eyes. But we are waking up thanks to things like Bards FM, Scott Kesterson. You wouldn't be here if you had the wool pulled over your eyes. But I would say occupy until he comes. Amen. All right, Pete, get it. Pete. Go ahead. Get it. As I said before, <laughs> I must say it again. I'm going to quote Rocky Balboa. Life hits hard, but you got to hit back. You got to keep moving forward. Life hurts. Life hits hard. There are going to be those around you that will fall. And when they do, you lift them up. I don't care where they're from. I don't care what country they're from. I've seen 121 countries represented walking across that southern border in the last couple of years working the Operation Lone Star. These are human beings that are being used as pawns in an osmotic pressure to overthrow this country by chaos. Now let's look in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm, what that chaos is producing is hatred and division and name calling and division and Hegelian dialectics and things where we can point fingers. Until we point the finger here and say, I've got to defeat this thing in me, 
I can't get into this fight completely. But when I get in this fight completely and I become the most dangerous soldier on the battlefield, look out. When we do that, in Christ's holy name, look out. Are you on? All right, here we go. I got a question over here. Are we? Are we? Oh, real, real, let me just answer this okay, very, very quickly, ahead. sir. I think fundamentally the question is somewhat flawed from the beginning because there's this notion to say the church isn't and the church isn't here. When if you look around, it's the redefinition of really who the church is. And so when we understand that the church isn't the brick and mortar buildings that society still goes to, that God is bringing an understanding that the remnant, the ecclesia, the called out ones, that there is an assembling like this behind enemy lines that may not be conventionally meeting in brick and mortar buildings. And when we begin to understand that, no matter where you are in your eschatology, there's a zeal, a fire, a passion to get in the front lines. Yeah. Nineveh, which was roughly 120,000 people in its day, you know how many it took to save that city? One man. So when we begin to understand that God's people are always going to advance the kingdom of God. For my story as a pastor, sir, full-time in ministry, when the church began to close down, I was grieved in my spirit. I, it's on video. I cried as I passed church after church after church, the brick and mortar buildings, not the people, that were closed. And I said, we will not close our doors. I will be arrested before we close our doors. Now, that's not to clap. Let's applaud for the Lord. That, that's, his, that's his remnant. That's the spirit of God in me. When Governor DeWine in the state of Ohio, as he began to passively and mousy trying to control the state, the Lord began to put it on my heart to make a statement spiritually that the Black Robe Regiment is rising. And on August 15, 2021, against all the religious Pharisees in the, in the religious circles that I'm in and in, the, in some of the denominationalism connections that I have, I declared from my pulpit that I was running for governor as an independent in the state of Ohio. And there was something that began to birth that other ministers in the state realized that they could break the chains of their religiosity mindsets. And so, again, to make full circle, I truly believe we need to stop looking at what the mega churches are doing and realize there's some good ones in there. But let's spend more of our time not looking at that and getting our mind back on the mission that we are the church. Yeah. Okay, next question. We have another question? Hello. I have a question about parenting young adults in this age and also allowing free will. Because in our home, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but we're struggling with that. To allow for free will in 20, young 20-year-olds 20 and even our teenager. And I know some of you have young adult children 
So if you could just encourage us or give a word, that'd be I'm, great. I'm so sorry. I got to answer this question. Uh, I don't know. You guys don't know much of my testimony because I don't tell it ever. I don't think I've ever told it on the show. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I was that young adult. You know what my mom did? I was meeting boys online. She got rid of our telephone. She got rid of our internet. She got rid of everything. And she continued to parent me. And she parents me to this day. And I honor that. And you know what she does? She honors the free will of my spirit man, not my flesh. And that is what a parent does. And that's what we must do in society and what parents must do. Forget the free will of your children's flesh. Honor who they were created by Christ to be. And then one day, they may be standing before thousands of people streaming online declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ because I was saved from hellfire and giving my virginity away. At 39 years old, I stand to you pure as the driven snow because my mama did not allow me to go down that path because she honored my spirit man and told my spirit man, you will obey Christ. Stop honoring your kids' flesh. Honor their spirits. Free will is, what did we hear earlier, the difference between freedom and liberty? You are not free if you are free to the flesh. The, who the Son has set free is free indeed. And true liberty is liberty to obey Christ. We have to help our children navigate these paths. My mama did it. You all can do it too. All right, Kim. So, everything that was just said, I agree with. I think we're, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if only, that's simple. Um, everything that was just said, I, I completely agree with. I also know that as a father, and as I coach a lot of young kids too in wrestling, and when you see children succeed, when you see them overcome great adversity and trial, and when you see them fail but then succeed afterwards and they retain this degree of strength, this, this newfound spirit, this motivation, it's one of the most powerful and motivating factors you can find in this world. But I will promise you, all of that boldness and daring, you will kill every bit of that drive if you strangle these children by managing them too much and you don't let them make some mistakes. Now, I say this very relative to what we're talking about earlier. There are some mistakes don't let your children make. We don't need to go through all of those. But you never want to be in a position where you push your children away from learning how to overcome obstacles and barriers. When you shield your children from failure, you eliminate some of the most opportunistic moments for them to learn how to thrive, how to come and succeed, what to do when they have power, when they have authority, when they have the ability to execute their will in a very tangible way over others, over what's been given to them within their dominion. So we want to encourage our children to take risk. We want to encourage them to be bold, but not unnecessary risk. And that it does require a biblical focused mindset because there is risk in this world that is a lion seeking to devour our children if you aren't paying attention. So when I say risk, what I mean is let them play rough. 
Let them be bold. Let them be daring. Let them make mistakes. All the while, have your, your basic guardrails in place so that things can't get off the rails too much. Um, so part of that is also time. Laura Schlesinger used to always write about how, you know, children spell love, T-I-M-E. I think it was a pretty powerful statement that she made. If you don't have intimacy and sincerity with your children, all those beautiful, wonderful things that we're talking about, about sheltering them from what the world will seek, you're never going to have a chance to minister to their lives. You will never, ever be able to penetrate and get through if you're not intimate with them. So the other characteristic that's required for children is sincerity. You know, we talk about it in politics. We talk about it in a lot of other things too, but people are going to, they're going to tune you out pretty quick if they don't think you're genuine, if they don't believe that you're sincere, if you don't convey that they have great and inherent worth and value in the sight of their maker. And we have a crisis of identity right now in today's world where we have children who have no idea what they want to be, their parents have no guardrails on them, and have let them completely absconded to their flesh. Meanwhile, the, the accuser and the entire spiritual realm of darkness is seeking to just conquer and conquer and conquer. And if any of you watched that movie, what was it, uh, Nefarious? Really powerful moment when he looks over at the lawyer saying, well, guess what? Or the, uh, the psychologist where he says, there's a lot more that are going to my master's place than yours. And it's a powerful statement. It's absolutely true. So that being said, I think it's important that we convince our children that they have to get roughed up in life and that we not placate to comfort and emotion and things that are unstable. Some of the most wonderful moments that I had to learn as a young man was when I failed. And it sucks, it's frustrating, but you learn so much more about your character and the person you want to become when you have an opportunity to fail and then get up and try again later. Or get up and fix your problems, not by making excuses. The other issue too about raising kids with free will, this and that, one of the most damaging things you can do to a child as well is when they fail because they haven't given their best and you reward them, you said you did the very best you could. That is one of the most psychologically destructive things you can do to a child when you know they have the ability to do better. They didn't perform it. You've now limited their capacity. You've immediately told them that they cannot achieve a higher standard than what they've performed at. Can you imagine if we all felt that way? Could you imagine if you if you were coached that way at your first failure? We would ne we would have never gone to the moon. We would have never done any. Well, yeah. But we, there's a lot of different accomplishments. There's there's a lot of different things in this world that would have never happened. Okay. And so my point being, when you spend time, when you are sincere, when you communicate with a sense of genuineness, because you actually, you know, why do I want these things in your life? because I love you. Well, how do I know that you love me? Because I'm willing to do what is necessary so that you can thrive. And by doing that, that's how you know you truly love a thing. And by doing that with plants, how do you, how do you allow your plants to thrive? Sometimes you have to prune them because you see growth in a manner that's unproductive, that's quite, quite in fact, destructive, that will not yield towards, or that will not yield a positive outcome. So, just a couple of thoughts as a father with three children who have some very strong wills. I don't know why, Ken. <laughs> Pastor DeVance Ball.
I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks. I do want to encourage the parents. First and foremost, it's important for us to understand the sovereignty of God. We have to understand that anything that happens in this earth realm, God has the power to overthrow it. He has the power to take the umph out of it. A lot of times we feel like if something bad happens, it destroys them. But we're a, we have a God who can restore all things. And if you can hold on to the fact that he has a purpose and a plan for your child, and his plans for them are well, we also must understand that we have to love our children, period. And the way we express ourselves, even those things that we don't agree with, it's important that it's done in love. Not judgment, but love. Ask Holy Spirit to show you your child. When you don't see your child as God sees your child, then you don't necessarily treat them as his. So we have to be careful how we disagree. We have to be careful how we deal with situations. We have to ask the Lord, give us your mind, Father. Give us your heart so that when I correct, there's love there. So that when they do make a mistake, when they do make a bad decision, they know they can come to me, that I know a word of prayer. We have to show our kids also that we're praying for them and that we believe in God's plan for them. But if we act like we're gonna fall apart every time something happens to them, then we're just showing them our lack of faith. Us not believing in his sovereignty. When you believe, they will believe. I believed and I held onto my mom's faith until I had my own. And when it became my own, it became my world. And it is the world in which my children's lives are now defined. But I'm not doing it based off of what I think. I'm asking the Father to show me. Lord, show me how to deal with that situation with my kid that makes no sense to me. Like, I don't even understand why they're even going down this, this, this path. But God has a plan. And I'm saying, Lord, I want to be a part of your perfect will in my child's life. But if I love them so hard that I make them weak in their faith, if I love them so hard that they don't know that they can be recovered if something bad happens, I'm not doing my kids any good. We have to do it with his heart, his mind. He has the wisdom. He'll give it to us. If you ask well, he'll answer well, is what my spiritual father always says. Ask Holy Spirit. How many of us really ask the Lord, how do I deal with this situation with my child? How do I deal with that situation? How many of us ask the Holy Spirit, what activities and events and programs do I need to put my kid in? Because just because it looks good doesn't mean that it is. And just because this one over here is doing it doesn't mean it's right for your child. You have to ask God for the strategy 
for your child and he will give it. So real quick, because I want to get to one part of this question that I don't think we've addressed. And I believe the question asked to give us hope as the youth. So here, there is hope and there's tremendous hope. We watched it happen tonight. We had almost 10 youth take baptism tonight on their own. This is, this is truly hope. What we're hearing here is that I don't think we teach well enough our children to hear the gift that they're born with. They know the Holy Spirit. And so I just say to the youth, you know the voice. Speak it. Pastor Paul Cantrell is here with his lovely wife and family. They have 10 children. These children speak. <laughs> they prophesy. I love to tell the story because it's truth. When Paul asked his three boys, he said, one he said, would you like to prophesy for Scott? And he said, no. He walked away. <laughs> and, I, and I say this story because if you've ever been around people that say they prophesy, they're not going to run out there going, heck yeah, i got to put my brand on that one. Second young man came up to me and he said, yes, and he prophesied. And the third one came up to me and sat next to me and raised his hand and he said, stop. He looked at me and says, do you think that's weird? I said, no. He says, okay, we can go on. <laughs> so it's natural. So for the, for the question of is there a hope and to give you hope, I just want to tell you this. Jesus always said that we have to have the heart of the child to enter heaven. Right. So yes, there is hope. And there's hope because we have hope in you and if there's any question about that, look around because these people here, this family, believe in our youth. And as though it is as tough as you can, and it is tough being a child, being a teen in this day, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine the onslaught of attack you're going through with pornography and all these pressures to change your gender and all this other nonsense. But what I will say is when you're looking for hope and all things are gone, the Bible's always there. Grab it, read it pray and God will lead you. That's good. That's great. Next question. I, I'll hold it. The, uh, although the, one of the biggest promises, and I'd like the panel to elaborate on this, is my wife and I have raised six kids and they're all adults. Awesome. But in Hosea 4, 6, we like to quote the first half, but the other half is really critical but one of the greatest promises in Scripture comes in the form of a warning. In Hosea 4.6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge, thou shalt be no more a priest unto me. Because you've forgotten the law of the Lord your God, I will also forget your children. That is a warning from God, but the flip side to that is it's a promise from God that as parents... If we continue to trust him and walk in his ways, he'll never forget our children, regardless of what they go through. His, their walls will always be before him. And I just needed to share that. Okay, let's start right here. I think this is a good one to go down with, and I'd like to hear from his perspective. I, I really want to dig in because there's a warrior piece to that, which is lack of knowledge, which is huge, and there's a deep spiritual piece of that, and there's also a core piece of that everyone here shares, which is the love of family and why we fight. Go ahead. You know, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and those are generations. And... 
I spoke somewhat, sir. Thank you for that. I think you elaborated very eloquently about the necessity to under, oh, I thought I heard you say something, um, to the necessity to make sure that there's a, 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 a husband and a wife that are serving the Lord. And there's a promise for that. And the promise, our greatest inheritance is our children. And I want to commend the young lady. I, I couldn't see you, but you sounded like you're 20. Is, is she 20? Is she 20? Well, what is that? Oh, 38. Well, bless you. Was that a mom then? I thought it was a daughter. Okay, I was mistaken. Nonetheless, I want to address this, and I'll make this very quickly. My wife, my associate pastor who was 78, prayer warrior, my daughter who was 17 or 18 at the time, her senior year in high school, and her best friend, we all went to January 6th. And we were there to prayer walk. And in that experience, while we're there, and consequently I had the FBI show up at my house and the whole thing. And the point is, though, my daughter, she was there and she got canceled from her school. She went to secular school. She, when I say she got canceled, death threats the whole nine. And it was a moment, I'm going to tie these two pieces together. It was a moment where as a father, I wanted to protect, but yet I had to, I remember sitting down with her and she's a strong, amazing leader. But I remember, and it was a moment she had already been homeschooled or not homeschooled, but all the schools shut down. So she, you know, she's at home. And there was a moment where she just didn't feel like it was fair, but it was in that adversity that God began to squeeze some of that hardship out of there to be the woman that God was preparing her to be. The point is, sir, to your question, I'm constantly reminded that when we begin to see that everyone here that's fighting, when we stop fighting for ourselves and we start fighting for our children, that is where the power comes from. It's get us out of the way and understand that our God is the God of generations. And the, 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 the most humbling thing the Lord had to bring me to the realization of this, because we get busy fighting our own fights. And in ministry, in the pursuit to bring freedom and preserve freedom in the fight, I miss much of my daughter's games and other things that was going on. And then all of a sudden she went to college and I realized I missed most of all of her games. And I had this moment where I realized it wasn't about the games. And man, that was a great thing about the, not every sport that your kid needs to be in every sport. Point is, is I realized that there is such an important for parents to get right here with the Lord and let him address this need to make sure that there is this generational inheritance. My father, who's a minister, he doesn't own a lot of money, Scott. But I'll tell you what, I inherited spiritual inheritance that is far greater than what the, the wealth of this world can provide. And when the parents realize that and we lock arms, there's such a power between a father, a grandfather, and a great-grandfather. And that's where the power is. So you mentioned... Um 
you know, a father, a grandfather, a great grandfather. I wanted to talk a little bit about the knowledge piece of the uh, of the question. So there are different types of knowledge, and some of those we can look at in terms of uh, of information. And there are terms that we've heard the last couple of years. You know, you hear about information, you hear about disinformation or misinformation. You know, the difference between or the difference in those two being whether or not someone is deliberately giving you bad information, which would be disinformation or whether someone is unintentionally deceiving you with information, which would be misinformation, but you know, still inaccurate. So we live in a world right now where people are receiving a lot of information that is faulty, whether it's deliberate, whether it's unintentional, but a lot of it is faulty. And there are people right now, they're all around us, we know them, they're our friends and our family, and they do not know where to find good information, which means that their knowledge is either lacking, it's faulty, or they believe a lot of things that just ain't so. Another component of knowledge is what we generally talk of in terms of wisdom, which generally is understood to be the knowledge that you gain over time. So you take knowledge, you couple that with experience, which is what you made me think of when you mentioned you know, a grandfather or, or a great-grandfather. You know, when you think about your grandfather, you typically think of the wisdom that they can impart from you that has been gained sometimes through through pretty rough experience. I mean, that's just how life is. So right now, when we talk about the warfare that we're in, and we talk about spiritual knowledge, you know, first of all, every single one of us here has uh, gaps in our own understanding. None of us here have a have a have a perfect understanding. So first and foremost, we've got to um, shore up the gaps in our own knowledge. And the way that we do that is by working with each other, you know, sharpening each other. We're all in the refiner's fire here. I mean, all of us, right? But the other thing that we can do is we got to help other people that are looking for information. They are looking for that knowledge. They are sincere in that search, but they don't know where to find it. Whether it's worldly knowledge, which again is still important, but then much more importantly is that, um, is that spiritual framework that even that worldly knowledge needs to reside within. That's very good, sir. Can you uh, ask the question again? I'm sorry. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm agreeing with everything they're saying. I, just, <laughs> I want you to, really what I think the whole target of this and, we, and the reference is we're trying to get into this power of knowledge, no knowledge, and really the passion of what we're fighting for because we're, we're hitting some key things here. And I know from... You guys' perspective, knowledge is key, and the passion and understanding the true clarity of the fight is key. So just speak to your heart. Still confused. <laughs> no, okay. um, I, I hear, I, I'm gonna, when I hear something that makes sense, you know, it's, is that good? Can yeah. you hear me? Um, as people talk, these wonderful gentlemen and women, um, you know, there's certain things that just go, absolutely. And we hear people up here saying, amen, absolutely, right on. Um, one, one of the things that was that's on my heart to share is, is and I, I love my children. And, and I know, you know, I need to love my children as Jesus loves me. And when I get, I feel like I'm failing as a, a father, not necessarily failing, but I'm making a mistake when I allow my children to behave in a way that annoys me, right? Because that's, that's a character thing. And it's a way that I, I'm not spending time with my children and recognizing, recognizing that I'm not 
I'm not providing their needs, right, as a father. So if I find myself getting annoyed and I raise my voice, unless they're across the room, um, then I feel like I missed something, I failed at something. And I always tell my wife, you know, because you know, she has a little temper sometimes, right? Um, I spank my kids, you know, when it's warranted. Uh, if, it's, if it's outright, <clears throat> if it's an evil, not necessarily an evil act, but if it's a violent act against other, if it's harming other people, if it's disrespectful to me or my wife, and if it's outright defiance, that's, that's just kind of an immediate spanking. Um, but we, I also have a method where I count to three, right? Because I know kids have a short attention span and they get distracted easily. And if I tell my son, hey, put that back, it's not a toy. And he's kind of doing this thing, right? And I say, one, two, and on, the th on, on number three, he knows he's getting a spanking. And I'm not angry about it, I'm not yelling. I say, I count to three, you're getting a spanking. You understand? He's like, yeah, but he doesn't want it. Um, but I never want to punish my children because of my character deficit. Out of, out of anger, um, out of annoyance, I should never let it get to that point, right? And it's easy, you know, the, the mothers are always usually more the nurturers and they try, they want their kids happy, they want to protect, right? So there's that, there's that courage where you're willing to push your child out of the way of a bus that's about ready to flatten them. And then there's the moral courage to do the right thing. Even if it takes away that smile, even if it's for you know, a minute, from your child's face. Always giving them what they want. I want this, like materialism. Like that's another big you know, aspect of our, our uh, uh, tactic of our enemy, right? You know, you see all the commercials, all the toys. You go into somebody's house and they have a plethora of cars and trucks and dolls. And that teaches them that that's the meaning to life, right? To get stuff, to get money, to get stuff. So, you know, for me, when I go to a store and my child looks at a toy, I'll let them play with it. But we're not buying toys, right? Unless it's a, a special occasion or a reward for straight A's on, on, on a grade or at school. But yeah, so I always want to show my kids love, even if it's in punishment, right? The purpose, and in, in when they get older, I sit down and explain to them. I said, you're being punished because you are disrespectful. You are not honoring your mother, you're not honoring your father. And so they understand, and it's not anger. They don't see the anger and the character deficit come out of their mother or their father. They see the love, and they understand that love. And then, you know, I, <laughs> Liam, he gets spanked, not a lot, but he'll get a, he'll get a swat here and there. Um, but he loves me, and I see that he loves me. And he knows that I'm not trying to hurt him, I'm trying to help him. But uh, I think, you know, my, my oldest is 30, and you know, it, you gotta kinda become, you know, you gotta pray about it when they get older because it gets a little more difficult, a little more complex. But the principle is the same. <laughs>
hard to take a 30 year old. <laughs> yeah, just keep going. You yep. keep going. Uh, I'll keep mine short. There's a really uh, there's a really excellent quote by Jordan Peterson, who I, I I absolutely adore. Jordan Peterson, I feel like he's right there, but not quite. Um, but nonetheless, so pray for him because that would be a mighty warrior on our team once he makes that full-on conversion. That'd be amazing. Uh, but nonetheless, I still love a lot of his insights, and he talks about what it is to be a child. And he says something very simple, don't let your children grow up to be people that you don't like. <clears throat> and it sounds like, oh, that's funny, yeah, I got you, you don't, but it, he really means it. It doesn't mean you, you kill creativity. You know, I don't like piano. Okay, well, you need to get over that. Like, that's, that's obviously a trivial matter. But don't allow your children to grow up with character de deficits that you would lose respect for. Because right, wrong, or indifferent, you will show some of those attributes, some of your displeasure, they will see it, they will witness it, and now you're affecting the way that they believe that their parents see them, you're affecting the way that they perceive their own worth. So <clears throat> think about the long-term solutions, and I used to always talk about this with other kids that would act rowdy in the Chick-fil-A playground. Um, you know, Chick-fil-A, the, the holy and magical place where where there's, you know, waffle cut fries and it's God's, yeah, exactly, Mecca, exactly. It's, <laughs> It's like the adult Disneyland, right? <clears throat> so there were other kids that were in there playing, getting rowdy, and some of them are just being bratty. And so I'd correct them, and of course my wife looks at me, oh my gosh, you're one of those parents that does that. You correct other people's kids. I said, yeah, because you know what? That kid is learning every day in what they do. I'm not being ruthless, I'm not being nasty. I don't go, hey, and scream at them, but I'm definitely making a correction because I don't want them to grow up to become an adult that thinks, oh, it's totally fine if I pummel this other kid's head into a slide. That was really fun, what can I do next? Um, so I think ultimately we should look at the behavior of our children, give them grace in the areas we can, firmly ground them in the things that are essential, essential to the faith, but also if there are things that we see in their behavior that you know are gonna come back to bite them or that you know will be the root of evil, do not allow them to grow up in those habits and in those characteristics to touch on the point earlier that was said. Do not allow them to grow up that way because your children will grow up and perceive you as someone who does not like them, as someone who does not respect them. And that can be a terribly damaging thing for them to experience. So I'm not really sure what the question is, but I'm going to roll with it. You know what you need to say. <laughs> okay. Um, so people have asked me, how is it that you have three kids that serve the Lord and love the Lord? And I will say, most of you I've never seen and don't know because I stayed hidden being a parent at home for quite a while. And I would just minister sporadically because the most important thing I could do is impart God's wisdom to my children to make sure they knew him and they served him. And so now that my adult children are serving the Lord actually in ministry and my 15 year old, my baby is, um, this is important, especially for dads. My 15 year old is loving his time with dad. Okay. Because women as women we should push our children from the womb to the world and in, really into the father's shepherding i have two boys and one girl and boy are they different you all know what i'm talking about 
the guys, the boys, I have never tried to squash their masculinity. In fact, now I will say, because they, they you know, my, okay, my oldest is, uh, <laughs> he's in many ways, his thing is politics and theology, he's a youth pastor, and he's, uh, his guys conceal and carry, he's a good shot too, guys, I'll just say. I'd never squash that, but it was hard sometimes to get his attention. So one technique that I read about when you have a kinetic learner, that's someone whose emotion your kid is, you know, this kind of goes back to the free will question, touch them, touch, I, would, I have to go up to him and say, Davis, and I would touch him, and when he looked at me, then I would give him the instruction, and then it worked, okay? But a lot of times, they're so busy, you know, it's wired in you guys. You're on a mission, he's got his mission, and he's, you know, this is when he was younger. And that was a really good tip to not squash his masculinity, still let him be a boy, beat up things, beat the tree, whatever, you know? And, and, and so, uh, with the girl, very different, very different. But um, you all know she, uh, Salem, we were with, uh, she led the worship at the um, Restoring the Covenant in Plymouth with the resistance chicks, and Scott was there. And um, so one thing for, for that is it, we're talking about identity here. And so a lot of times the boys will, they'll, they'll cleave to the dad for the identity. The, the girls will cleave to the mom. At least we hope. <laughs> okay. And Salem needed to get away from me to have her own identity. And I knew it. So we traveled the U.S. last year, ministering all over. Okay. During the summer, especially. And it, there came a point where I was sensing as a mom, okay, it's time for her to go out on her own. And she is on the mission field. She will be, she's done that before. But there comes a time where it's like what you were saying, Pastor, that the children need their own identity. They need to know you trust the God in them. And I don't want her to be looking for me, to me for affirmation when she should be looking to God. Okay. So when Scott asked about knowledge, the generations have always been on God's heart. He does the same with us. You know, he said he he pointed to his own son and said he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Then the founders come to America. And what do they write about in their civil covenants? The generations. They say at first landing, 1607, April 26, that America that those who come to look at the cross that they erected in the sand for generations to come would serve the Lord. And then with these generations, it's in there twice, they would take the gospel to all the world. Okay? That America would become evangelist to the world and the generations here would also evangelize those within these shores. So I'm going to say that for us to be in alignment with God and his knowledge and his understanding and his covenantal theology, it's also embedded in all of our civil covenants that we have to be focused on the generations empowering them with the word of God to take the gospel across the nation and to the world. I want to comment on something I saw today. I've done ministry a long time. I've seen some great, awesome men and women of God, and I've also seen a lot of religious windbags. I've seen both of them. And, uh, well, that's a term. And, I watch things. I've seen people that were very gifted and really horrific parents and uh, really do lots of damage to their kids. And I watched Brother Corey over here today. It was one of the most impressive things I've seen in a long time. His brother was up here sharing a message. I mean, you know, most preachers focus on the crowd, don't give a rip about their kid out there. And his little boy Liam ran up, and I watched the whole thing. 
That man dropped everything he was doing, didn't give a rip about you, and put his sole focus on his kid. And when I watched it, I thought, that young man over there is going to end up loving Jesus because he knows first and foremost he has his father's heart and his father's more focused on him than impressing a bunch of people that he doesn't know. I, I want to encourage you with this, okay? I, I learned, I feel very uh, humbled to share on this because my father was not a Christian man, a, a Marine Corps veteran. I learned many great things from my dad. We got saved later in life, both of us. But my wife, I have learned more on parenting from my wife than any other person. And my wife, very at a very young age with the kids, her philosophy has always been the same. I am going to love and pour everything I have into those kids. And because she did that, I watched each one of those kids fall in love with Jesus because she had the respect of every single one of them. Amen. And I want you to think of this. Jesus said of the Laodicean churches, I've never had this thought connect. He said, I want to vomit you out of my mouth. And I never put this piece together till tonight. Much of the children of Christian families want to vomit out the word that's been put inside of them because they've never been shown the love of Jesus. They've been shown a bunch of religiosity. And the very thing that puts a disgust in Jesus' mouth puts a disgust in them. So we have to ask ourselves this question, and it is this. If our children do not want to receive the message we're sharing, maybe there's nothing wrong with the message. Maybe there's something wrong with the messenger. And I think all of us can look in the mirror and say, Jesus, help me to be more like you. Because I don't want my kid getting tripped up where they have hangups about you because of me. Amen? So a little context from a different point of view. I didn't grow up in a Christian household in the truest sense. I didn't have a father that expressed that even though I knew that. And it's not a pity thing. This is a preparation thing. This is what the Lord prepared me for, for this moment. Because I can speak to a different crowd. And passions in life change. As a young man, wanted to be a Green Beret. Everything I could. I got hurt bad. I said, I'm going to come back. Pin screws, plates in my leg, all this. you never jump again. Overcame that. Went to work, came back, finished the course, and did what I had to do. But that was a passion. And along the way, I lost a family. After 20 years of war, these things happen. It's not okay. There's different ways to do it. You have choices. Passion. Where's your passion? Where's the passion of the Christ? We've seen that in a display in a movie. We've felt that in our hearts. I see that when I see this crowd. The love of Jesus for you, and I can't even compare, but just as a glimpse of glory that I've seen downrange, I'm telling you right now, it's about the passion, it's your choices. And then with my son, whose mother raised him very much like your wife, everything she poured into him, that young man is a man of God. Amen. Who's finished college now and is going to go in and attempt to become a Green Beret, but with the right kind of setting up front. 
Amen. And we can do that because if we make the choices and we set our passions right from the very beginning, then we don't have to have someone that learns through experience because if we're seeking wisdom, good judgment comes from experience, but a lot of that comes from bad judgment. And there's a price for that. There's a price for truth when you water the tree of life or when you water the tree of death. There's a price for that. Very costly. But, God, there's a ceiling. And my ceiling is my son's floor. And he will go on. And I've always done that. No matter what, downrange, I flew my son out to visit me in foreign countries that were not combat deployments, but he would spend time with me. I would make up for it by that because I wanted my ceiling to be his floor. So there are options, there are choices, there are passions. But there's a lot of easier way to do it when we listen to some of these other folks talk about the ways to get these into your children. As I watch Liam come up the stage and I watch Corey with him and I see that love and that love back I recommend the latter. Good. Good word, John. Good word. Awesome. Good word. Good word. All right, listening to you folks, I think of and uh, extract four terms that can summarize kind of my viewpoint on this, this topic, if you will. So knowledge was mentioned a few times, wisdom, and although it wasn't mentioned, I think the theme, lead by example, is key here. And I'm going to close off with, with time. I think that was mentioned a couple times. So knowledge, right? That's something that we can do. We can learn. We can learn on our own. We, we, we have time, right? And we do that through one vehicle. Scott provides us, what, 2,500 episodes of that in terms of knowledge, if you're lacking in it. <laughs> But that goes along with wisdom. So, you know, I as a constitutional attorney, I can practically recite the Constitution, right? But where I'm lacking is in the spiritual sense. I'm, I always say this. I'm a light coat Christian. Yes, I'm baptized. Grew up, my mother was an Eastern Orthodox. Father was essentially agnostic. So you have that dynamic, kind of similar to what you were talking about. But living life and realizing that you have to look in the mirror and realize that, you know, I'm lacking in something and I need to steep myself further in the spiritual realm. And I think the best way to do that is by leading by example, right? And the, I think the best way to fill a void or a gap in knowledge and wisdom is to surround yourself with those people that do have the wisdom. And I'm sitting up here, right? Collectively here, I'm honored to be sitting up here because I'm not sure about everybody's background in totality, but knowing what Scott represents and the people that he can bring together to a venue like this, I can probably guess that we agree on fundamental issues probably at 99%, if not more. And in terms of raising children, I think the best thing that we can do is we put them in a position where the osmotic effect is going to kick in. So this event is a family event. I brought one of my boys. He's out there probably somewhere still interacting with 
kids that are much more spiritually inclined than myself and my son, and I want that. That's cool. Because you're going to provide that spiritual nourishment that I did not grow up in, and hopefully you can fill that void. So, I mean, I just got to say thanks to that. Awesome. And, and so for those that are out there, the lady that, I think the 20-year-old that was talking earlier, <laughs> maybe 21, <laughs> just, and it goes to the time aspect. The more time that I interact with my boys, the closer that we get, the more respect we have for each other, and the more we can essentially create an internal osmotic effect of equilibrium between us. Same thing with the rest of the family. And by bringing them into environments such as this one, to be able to interact with those that represent our values, the more foundational principles that they develop that are more aligned with you know, our values. And that's pretty much what I'm hoping to do moving forward is to have people like you continue to participate in events like this to be able to pass it on to that next generation and also provide me a little bit of osmotic effect. Because I think in the business world, they say, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, I apologize to you folks. I am not the average of the five here. So hopefully you can lift me up and maybe I can lift you up in other areas that I may be better at. We love you, Brad. That's all I got. First and foremost, I'm humbled to be on this platform. Um, the knowledge here, the love of Christ here, the desire for his kingdom come and his will to be done. Um, I'm in awe just to say that I'm even up here. Um, but I do want to say a couple of things. My spiritual father's always said, we have to sometimes ask for the anointing to unlearn things that we've learned. And I have found myself more in the last six months apologizing to my children for things that I taught them when I didn't know the Lord as well as I know him now when I didn't have the revelation of who he is and his character, then I taught my children some things that didn't build their faith. It built their self-confidence. I taught them that they needed common sense rather than to trust the word of God, which is the mind of God. And so I say to all parents, as we learn anew, as we get new revelation, we have to be willing to go back and reteach it. As pastors, we have to do the same thing. We have to go back, because the Lord is still giving revelation. He's still teaching us. We're all still learning. But we have to be willing to go back to those that we taught wrong and say, I'm sorry, I didn't know then what I know now. The second thing that I want to share is <laughs> being up here I, and just being around everyone that I've spoken to today, there was a realization there's so much more knowledge to be had. But even with that knowledge, there must be an understanding of the heart of God in the matter. And so I ask God that with the knowledge that I gained this weekend, 
in these last couple of days that he gives me his heart to understand how to go back home and to communicate and articulate these things to the church that I'm attached to, to the people in my family, to the people I meet in the grocery store, that it's time now like never before that we have to share what we know, but we have to share it in a way that people can receive it and wanna know. And this last couple of days, I've wanted more knowledge. I've wanted more understanding. I've wanted more oneness. And I thank God for that because I think that's what the ecclesia is all about. It's about us coming together to discuss the affairs of the king. And so therefore, I am honored to be here. And the way you said it, it's by example. But my example at some point wasn't as good as it is now. And I have to acknowledge that. And I'm learning. And I thank God even for just the quickening in my spirit that there is more that he wants me to know. There's more that he wants you to know. But most importantly, he wants you to have his heart. So that when you share the knowledge, it breaks through some things. When you're doing it with his heart, it's going to connect with people. You're going to plant seeds in people. Some seeds were planted in me this last couple of days. And I'm excited about it. And I thank you all for welcoming me. There we go. We got it. We got it. We got it. Hello? Oh, 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 you're on. You're on. You should be on. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Right. Okay. I am. Thanks. Thank you. I'm good. That's okay. I want to thank you for being here. It's really pretty interesting. A little, just a little bit before we started Bards Fest, I, I got a word, and I didn't have an answer for it. And the word was that we needed more black pastors. Yeah. And I said, okay. We've prayed on everybody that's coming here, but I have no access. Well, here you are. <laughs> this is... All right. My guys, I need you to trust me. We're going to do something here pretty powerful. I told you and I told you all, when you leave here, you're going to be blessed in the way you've never been blessed before. So I want to move the chairs back. I need everyone to stand up. Pastors, I need you to come over here with me. Brad, can you come on up here with us, please? We're going to lay on hands. And we're going to bless these five men, these five warriors. See, guys, I, I'm... I love you to death, and you are fighters like nobody. And I want you to leave here with the greatest armor you've ever had. And I want you to be blessed. You're, you're, you can't stand there. You're already a pastor. <laughs> you're on fire. That doesn't work. We have, we have some. So I just want to kind of go down the ranks here of what we've got. This is our Washington, D.C. record. I love him to death, but I'm, I'm really serious now when I'm talking 
This man is literally walking in the trenches of hell every day with the most demonic, crazy people you've ever met. And he's fighting every day for you. This man right here, he's on the border half the time. And he's seeing the horrors that are coming across that border. He and Joe, every single day, whether he runs around the country, but he goes back every single day. And he fights to find a way to save this nation from what's coming across this border. This man right here served, been all over the world, made a hard decision to have to walk away from a job that had a career to put his life now into the hands of one of the most vicious enemies out there. And he's out here going to now put himself in a new type of battle where his enemy can and will try to go after his family and that we will never allow. This man here has been, he's been the organizer. He's the point man. He's the one that goes out and finds brothers that are going to accept Christ. He's the one that puts himself on the line every day in the hospital, training the future warriors, bringing Christ, and finding the other ones that can be out there. He reaches across to the politicians, the other leaders, and he's relentless, and I love him for it. And this man here gave up a career in the most prestigious position you could ever have in the regular army. I'm telling you, 101st Battalion Commander, West Point graduate. I mean, you can't get better. And he put his oath on the line and said no and stood up for his soldiers and all of us. Pastors, I, I'm, I, yeah, Brad's got one thing to say, and it's the Dread Champions of Righteousness. Yeah. In praying about what Bard's Fest would be and knowing who Scott is and why the Lord put us together, and then knowing what he told me about you guys. I really kind of went before the Lord because 20 years ago, he asked me to gather a tribe of dead men. And it was, it was a serious deal because it's like he showed me the council chamber, the war council chamber, and it was empty. And it was supposed to be filled with men who had responded. And it's like when he showed me that, it's like, I didn't know why he was showing me. I was a much younger man. I didn't have the confidence to, it's like, how, who can enter into that? He said, those who have, in effect, died to themselves, they're alive to me. And I said, how will I know who they are? He said, they'll be marked by courage and humility. And I got to tell you, it has been such a privilege today, listening to your hearts, each and every one of you. They're different. And I, I sat there and I, I was tearing up most of the time because I said, ha, found some. And I know that the Lord is calling forth in this day and hour. He's looking for those who would become dread champions of righteousness. That they will put fear in the enemy's heart, but they will put courage in the army. You guys have known what it is to lead men. I, I love how you're leading your, your children. But we need men to help lead the body of Christ into what it's meant to be. And I want to I ask you, as an invitation, I believe, from the Lord, if you guys would step up and recognize your authority is meant to be in both realms. You know what it is to fight down here. And we, we may have to do that. But if we don't 
first win the battle in the heavenlies, this will not be very effective. We have superior power up here and you're in different stages of your own development. But I want to say as a brother to another brother, however, I can help you become a warrior in that realm. I would love it if you would help me become a better warrior in this realm. And I, I feel like God wants to anoint you gentlemen with that invitation that if you would say yes to that, you're saying yes to him. He knows how to shape you. You guys know what it is to be led and what it is to lead. But we need that in this hour or we will not prevail in the, in the hour that's upon us. We need leaders. We need men that will step forth. And it's not any detriment to women. They're, they're just as many mighty women. But there's something about you guys that I've just been praying about for the longest time. And when we came here, I just sat there going like, God joined me to this man because I was on a search for 20 years and I saw courage and humility. Most of the time you can find one, but you don't see the other. And I, I witnessed today that in both, both elements in you guys. I just honor you for that because if I didn't see it, I wasn't going to do this. But I, I thought because of what I know is his heart, he wouldn't have asked you if you didn't have it. And so I, I, just, I want us to lay hands on them and just ask for God's power. And then can I make this suggestion for everybody else out here? Because I do hate stages. If that stirs in your heart and you're saying, I want to be a dread champion of righteousness. That's not an offer, an invitation just for here. It's for whoever heart is stirred. And if that's you, then you stand up and you say, I'm reporting for duty, oh, my commander in chief. Because it's a time where everybody needs to take a stand. So if that's, that, that's with you, jump in on this prayer. Because I've had many an awesome moment with God when they weren't pointing me out. I was just in the back going like, me too, Lord, me too. He, he honored every one of those. So could we all lay hands on them? Yes. Pick your weapon <laughs> and lay your hands on those guys. Father God, thank you for what you've done in each one of these lives. Thank you for how you've prepared them. God, for everyone else here, thank you for how you've prepared all these lives. But we need an absolute transformation. We need an upgrade. We need a, a, a graduation in rank and authority in the Spirit. And so, God, I pray, would your Spirit just descend upon every heart here that says, God, I want to be a dread champion. I want to say yes to everything that you've purposed in me. You are my magnificent obsession. I want to serve you and none other. I will bow to you, but none other. And Lord, I ask, would you upgrade the weapons and the armaments in each and every one of these men? God, in each and every one of these people down here that are saying, me too. God, would you pour out your spirit and bless them 
And would you tractor beam them into greater dimensions of intimacy, God? We cannot do this without you. We dare not try, but God, you will not do this without us. So we are saying yes to you and reporting for duty. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to release a word right now. Stretch your hands up to heaven over these five. Let me know five is the number of grace. Amen. And this is what the Lord said to me over these five different men that are up here. He said, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Amen. And so we're going to pray right now that a powerful anointing would begin to be released over them. Father, we release the anointing of God right now in Jesus' mighty name. And God, as David said, anoint me with oil like a wild ox. God, I'm praying right now that a powerful anointing would begin to come upon each one of these five men's right now in Jesus' mighty name. Let a powerful anointing begin to be released from heaven right now. God, you've called each one of them to very different assignments. But God, I'm asking right now the power of the Holy Ghost would come upon and move through them mightily in Jesus' mighty name. That's you right now. Just lift your hand. There, there is a aggressive anointing that's coming right now. It's beginning to break out in the atmosphere right now. David said, anoint me like a wild ox. Father, right now in the realm of the spirit, we drive out every religious devil right now that's tried to come to quench the power of the Holy Ghost. And Lord, I'm asking right now that the anointing would begin to be released right now over the crowd right now, over the area, over the atmosphere. And God, we thank you that these different men that are up here have been called for such a time as this. I want to release something specific over Ivan. Brother, you mind real quick. I want to share something with Ivan. Ivan, this is what the Lord's telling you. He's going to begin to take you higher because there's a powerful call upon your life. But you will never fulfill that which is God's called you to do without operating in the spiritual power that he's going to give you. Much of what you've rejected has not been Christ, but it's been religion. And God has protected your heart, but now he's going to begin to set your heart ablaze for him. And that osmosis, your children, is going to come from you because they're going to watch their dad's heart become ignited by the fire in the presence of God. Amen. So just lift your hands to heaven right now. Father, we pray a fresh fire would come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost come right now and ignite a fire and a power and a purpose in Jesus' mighty name. Take him up higher now to the next level of the call and the plan of God in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You got this, brother. Power. Higher. Higher revelation. You're a very smart man. 
but God's wisdom is perfect. God is going to give you strategies. There's a passage in the Bible. You listen to this. You're going to hear this man of God do this. There's a passage in the Bible, very clear one. It says there's wisdom that can bring a stronghold down. God is going to release you wisdom. You have many puzzle pieces because God's put a lot of things inside of you. But in the days to come, he's going to connect all the pieces and you're going to see the big picture of what God's been showing you. Out of that revelation, you're going to bring hell's stronghold down. Amen? Amen. God bless you. I want to pray for Doc. Let's, let's, let's stretch your hands out towards Doc right now. I love this man of God. Amen? I don't throw cliche words out like that. I love this man of God. And he's got such a powerful call upon his life. And I just want to pray right now that God would begin to release him in the next phase of his destiny. Father, we thank you for this man of God. God, a man that in years back did not have the tenderness that he has now. But God, there's a tenderness and there's a strength in him. You put a unique mix together, God. He's steel wrapped in velvet. And God, I thank you right now for the calling and the destiny upon his life. And Father, I lay hands on him as a pastor and as a prophet of the Lord. And I begin to release destiny and calling and plans and purpose in his life and in his future. God, I thank you for the souls that will be touched. Life's changed. Destiny's altered. For God, you have a great call upon him. Now, God, I ask right now that everything that would try to come and trip him up, wrong alignments, wrong people, people that would come as leeches. Your word says the leech has two sisters. Give and give. God, keep him away from the spiritual leeches that would try to attach to the calling of God upon his life. And God, let his calling be steadfast and sure. I bless him tonight in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother, come up out here, Cameron. It's interesting. I met this man of God earlier today. We had a wonderful chat. God has a unique calling upon him. But the calling, this is what the Lord said. He's going to have to put your feet like hinds feet or deer's feet, as David said. Because the path that he set for you is one that the terrain, you make one slip and you fall off the cliff. Amen? And so the Lord right now is going to anoint your feet and he's going to put a nature in you that you will not sell out the gospel and you will not prostitute the anointing that God's given you. So Father, right now, I thank you for a unique calling. God, he's stepping into snake pits. Keep him as a mongoose in the midst of it. And God, let the anointing upon his life never be for sale in Jesus' mighty name. Let him stand of a man of integrity and a man that would not prostitute the anointing upon his life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, brother. This man right here has no idea how big the call of God is on his life. Amen. 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 
But there's a preciousness in his heart. The Bible says, blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. As soon as I met him, the Lord told me, he says, this man has a pure heart towards me. He's not looking to impress other people. He's not looking to put his name on a, on a website or get posts. He wants to do something to honor God. And because there's a purity in his heart and a purity in his pursuit, God says, I'm going to reveal myself to him in a unique way. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for the call of God upon his life. I thank you, Lord, for the purity of heart. That's not only in him, but it's also in his wife. And God, it's evident in his children also. And God, I thank you that this family is a powerhouse family for the kingdom of God. And God, I'm praying right now that you would use them mightily in Jesus' mighty name. God, I thank you for humility. And God, you promised to the humble, you'll give grace. So God, let the grace of God abound in this family because they're a family of ministers in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I, I saw this early over him. Psalm 23 says, he leads me beside the still waters. There's a depth that God's put in this man. And I've never met him before till just a few minutes ago. God's put not only a lot of strength, but a lot of wisdom. And he's packaged it in one package. And I believe that God is going to give you unique strategies because he's given you a unique gift setting. And there's something about you that you have a switch that you can jump in action quickly, but you also have a switch in you that says, God, I want to know the deep mysteries of the kingdom of God. And the Bible is very clear. It says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to go and search us out. My wife gave me this passage this morning. And I didn't know who it was for, and I know it's now for you. So, Father, I'm asking right now. He is on a quest. A quest to know you. And a quest to know your perfect and infinite wisdom. Just lift your hands before heaven right now. He's depositing that grace. Father, right now, in Jesus' mighty name, let him find that which he's searching for, which is the wisdom and the mystery of God. Let him be known in the kingdom as a great steward of the mysteries of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Where's Scott at? Scott, come up here. Oh, I'm going to pray for you, brother. This is what the Spirit of the Lord would say to you, Scott Kesterson. You have been found faithful. And your report is good, not only on earth, but in heaven. But the Lord would tell you in the days to come, I've called you to even higher places. But even as I've called you to higher places, you are going to need the wisdom of heaven because there are those who cannot go where I'm trying to take you. And if I do not put my discernment in you, and as it was said of the sons of Zadok, they were able to 
distinguish between the holy and the profane. Father, I'm asking right now for Scott, give that Zadok wisdom right now to separate that which is holy and that which is profane. Let it come in, Lord. People, doctrines, offers, ministries, places. Let that sword come now in his heart and his spirit and be able to divide what you've sent and be able to divide what the enemy sent as a counterfeit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I want to share this for Scott. This is going to be the key for you to go to the next level where God's trying to take you. God has put real things that only you'll be able to do because it's your call. And God will send certain people that will help catapult you. And Satan has already set in motion counterfeits that are there to try to blow up you and what you're doing. God has put that wisdom in you. And my advice to you is this. You look at David, you look at Joshua. They always inquire to the Lord. Before you make any decisions, brother, and I know you already do, you're going to have to set more time to seek God than you ever have before because he will speak to you in the secret place the wisdom you need to be able to be successful. Amen? Stretch your hand towards Scott right now. Father, we thank you. God, it's not easy to be a leader, and it's definitely not easy to be a leader in times like these. Father, we pray right now. I know there's people all over the country, all over the world right now, that their faith is extending towards Scott. Father, we're asking right now, God, let your hand of protection be upon him. God, he needs a new anointing because you're bringing him to a new level. And so, Father, right now, I ask for a new anointing to begin to come down. Lord, take that horn of oil and begin to pour it now upon the top of his head all the way to the bottom of his toe right now. Let the anointing of heaven come now in Jesus' mighty name. And God, let that which you intended, Bards Nation and Bards FM, to accomplish Bring it to pass in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, Joe. We love you, Joe. And Joe says amen. Joe says amen. All right, pastors, team up with one of our great warriors here. Let's move in. We just bring it all together. Let's pray out here together. Let's go. Skin. We're going to pray in hands on. And let's bring it together. This is, tri- this is tribes coming together. Let's do this. Can I get all the ministry teams? Anybody that's here on the ministry teams, can we get them up? Here's the deal, guys. We just baptized these guys in fire, okay? Everybody that was just prayed for, all these guys, you're going to start laying hands on people, okay? Everybody that came here, we came to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And we will never slay giants and we will never slay the enemy unless we have the tools to do so. So you need to you need that Pentecostal fire. So I want you to raise your hand if you want to be pray you want to be prayed for to get baptized in the Holy Ghost with that dunamis power that uh, was spoken of here tonight. Anybody that wants to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, we will get to you either tonight or tomorrow, I promise you. It'll be Everybody tonight. here that's filled with the Holy Ghost. Michelle, it'll be tonight. It'll be tonight. That's right. Everybody, listen. We're going to go quickly. Can we make a line? 
a line specifically of everybody who wants to pray in the spirit right right up front who wants their prayer language tonight okay, right, right up here in the front with your when you want your prayer language i got a word though real quick for here. ivan this man right here this man right here as i was praying for him the holy spirit said ivan you were ready to go back to washington dc and give your life for this nation but your wife and your kids said daddy no and you said, I don't, I, I have to give my life. And Jesus says, no, Ivan, I gave, I gave my life. And so tonight where you thought you were going to go and you thought you might actually die, you smile, you laugh, you, you know, but you know who you face. You know that you have a, you don't have a target. You literally have demonic targets on you all around you. Wow. And you just literally are this guy like, take me. But your wife and your children say, no, we need you. And so right now we're going to speak over you those curses. There are people in Washington, D.C. who are literally plotting curses on you. Okay? And so the word the Lord gave Scott and I is that you're going to go into Washington, D.C. with all of these spiritual bombs and weapons. And the Lord said that you're going to lay down your life spiritually and you will live in the natural and no weapon formed against Ivan Franklin shall prosper. He will be filled with the Holy Ghost. He's going to speak to Speaker McCarthy. He's going to speak to Nancy Pelosi. And those demons, he's going to say, I don't see you, Nancy. There's a demon behind you. Get thee behind me, Satan, because I got an army of believers who are with me. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. And you are our secret weapon because I do not have access to Matt Gates, but this guy does. And so you have you have things you want done in Washington. This guy's getting ready to do it, and he was going to lay down his life, but he doesn't have to lay down his life. So right now, as you guys are getting your prayer language, we we're doing deliverance to this guy, not in him, but around him. Satan, you cannot touch this man. I bind you, I gag you, and I send you back to the fiery pits of hell. He is going to go and do what he has accomplished to do. He is going to tear down those walls in Washington D.C. He has an anointing in the heavenlies. He can claim that territory in Washington, D.C. And when you step in that foot and you walk Washington, D.C., you say, this is God's land. This is God's land. This is God's land. This is God's land. And you're going to pray in your heavenly language, brother. You're going to speak in new tongues because I saw your heart. I saw you as a little kid. I saw you wanting to be a warrior. You said, I will give my life for anybody. And Jesus says, Ivan, I gave my life so you don't have to. But you know what you said? This man has, there's a lot of people with love. But this man has more love than I've seen in the spirit realm. Because the Bible said that there's no greater love than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. And how much more would a man lay down his life for his enemies, for people that he didn't know, for people that aren't worthy. And he said, I wanna, when you were a little kid, you said, I just wanna save lives. And Jesus says, you're gonna save physical lives and spiritual lives. Because the course of this nation, you are a hinge. And the course of this nation is going to hinge in the proper direction because you came here tonight. Because you didn't, you didn't know if we were coming. You didn't know why you were coming. But you just said, I think I need it. 
I think it's part of my next mission. And you guys are going to do this mission together. There's a mission to destroy the division in this nation. And you guys are going to do it. You're going to be in Washington, D.C. Because you see me. And Pastor D, who came here, she brought the fire. She brought the anointing. I don't know why God does all the things that he does. But Doc, what did you just say we got up here? You said, you, what did you say we have up here? On the 22nd of September, 2023, the Remnant A-Team is formed to head out into battle in the spiritual realm in a multi-dimensional warfare to take this fight to demonic elements and powers and, and, and those people that are oppressed, we will be there by, by your side to pull you in and to make this team grow, to spread across this nation from sea to shining sea, from the remnant A-team movement, from the 1607 covenant to the Yuba City, California, and the demonic structures in the city next door that we prayed over. The Remnant A team is on the prowl. Glory. So at the day, so when I was when I was 16 years old, I wanted to be homeschooled. The Lord spoke to me. And he told me, I want you to, I want you to watch this guy named Benny in. And he started to pray for people, the masses of people. And he had this book, it was called Good Morning Holy Spirit. And before I couldn't preach the gospel, I didn't know how to preach the gospel. And I began to say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And I was as I was homeschooled as a teenager, he I began to read through the Bible and I read through the book of the Acts, and the Lord showed me something. At the end of the story, Jesus says to Peter, Before the cock crows twice, you shall deny me three times. One, two, three, and he did. And he was so ashamed. But then he told Peter, then he told Peter, you shall receive fire and power when you go to Jerusalem. You shall receive power from on high. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I don't know when I got my prayer language, but I started praying in tongues. And I started praying for all my friends. You got to get this power. You got to get this fire. The baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I'll tell you something that my sister and I do. The Lord showed us to do. We fight back to back because right here, when you get out your knife, this is a circle of death. If I open this knife in my family, I could hit you with this knife. I could cut you with this knife. When we're with our family, you put your knife away. You do not bring out your knives and your fighting or spiritual or anything when you're with your family. You put it away. Okay? So the Lord said, here's the thing. If you're fighting back to back, you're fighting your enemy. You're not fighting yourself. So I'll tell you what, we can't. We're coming up here on Tuesday. Our car started acting up. We're halfway here. And normally, I'd start to cry and get girly upset. And I said to Michelle, I kicked myself. 
I said, we got to pray in the spirit. Long story short, we prayed in the spirit. We called our friends, John and Stacy. They gave a prophetic word. They said, it's going to be fixed. It's going to be cheap. And we started to pray, God, what you, what the devil intended for evil, you're going to bring salvations out of this. So we call our mechanic who only takes two weeks. They were closing in 45 minutes to an hour. I said, could you at least pull the codes? So we pull in, the engine lights flashing. And this is not a bad car. I don't know what happened. So the oil is flashing, and we pull in, and the guys come out, and they're like, ah, I can get to it tomorrow. I said, I got hundreds of people waiting on me. My van is packed. I need your, I need your help. And Michelle started to do a little negotiation. If you stay late, can we just, 100 bucks extra. I said 200. She said, no, we're negotiating. That's not how it works. <laughs> And so they, they, the, the mechanic said, I'll, I'll take it behind. He gave us a quote. He said it's going to take about an hour. And the guys in the front, we started talking about Bards Fest. We said where we needed to go. We said this was an attack from the devil. We started to talk about politics. They said, I don't like Trump. I don't like, uh, I really hate Biden. I said, we can get along. And we needed to talk about the high gas prices, talk about food prices. We talked about Jesus. And they ended up saying, can you come here every day at 5 o'clock? I said, not if my car's broken, okay? It better be fixed. So the guy comes out, he fixes it in a half an hour. It was a spark plug and a little coil. You may know what it is, a little oil uh, on the road. Michelle pulls out some money, gives him a tip. I buy, the, I buy these guys pizza the next day because the Lord said, if you feed their bodies, you will feed their souls. They sent me a text and they're like, we are so grateful. And that would not have happened if my sister and I had not prayed it out in the Holy Ghost first. Because I didn't know what to pray. So we pray in the spirit when we don't know what to pray. And the answer, where's the mom that wants to know what to do with her kids? Where are you? Where's the mom that wants to know what to do with her kids? That's that. You, come on up here. My mom, you see... My sister, I was at Rayma Bible Training Center, same school this guy went to. I was, a, I was a freshman in college. My sister was a freshman. They both came out to Rayma. And I was running, taking a jog. As I do, I was an athlete. I was doing all kinds of stuff. And I came home, and there was a boy in an apartment with my sister. And she was still taller than me. She's my little sister. I was going to kill that boy. I was going to kill him. I literally said, I'm getting a knife. I'm going to kill you. And she stood before me and this kid, and this kid, 18, this kid was 18 or 19. She's 15. I'm like, I'm killing you. I'm killing you today. And she stood, and he ran away. And then to the rest of that story, I tell her to never tell that story. But tonight, I'm telling you that story. And I'm going to tell you my story, too, because the Lord told me to tell you my story, too. When I was 16 years old, the Lord said, you save yourself for the person God has for you. There's been a lot of guys along the way, but it wasn't the right one. I'm 42 years old. I've never kissed a man because he wasn't my man. And I've never been with a man because he wasn't my man. And this is a sexual purity conference. And you want to do something for your kids. You want them to grow up pure. You want them to grow up holy. And you know what? Pastor D, every single word that she said... I, my mama said to me, my mama, you know what my mama did? My mama gave us chances to make a mistake. But you know what she didn't? She didn't let us jump over the ledge. And when we kept trying to jump over the ledge, she said, we're getting away from the cliff. And the internet for some of your kids is a cliff. 
And so sometimes you might need to, what did we just hear from Joe Allen yesterday? It's okay for your kids not to have the internet. He's a Luddite. He doesn't want it. You don't, your kids don't need the internet. I grew up in a time, we didn't have the internet. We were better off without the internet. We went outside, we played, we built forts, we were healthy. Okay, your kids are fat and overweight, and I don't mean it in a bad way. They're out of shape. They need to go outside. What have these kids been doing all day? Not a single kid. Well, some of y'all's kids been on the internet. But the rest of them been running around playing the way God intended. And what Pastor D said is you have it in you to speak life. I had an alcoholic father. My parents divorced. And when my sister would argue, we would do things, and my mom was disappointed in us, and I didn't know this until I was an adult. She would say, God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life. Because when you're angry and you're frustrated, and we speak those words out, my mom had this self-control, which I don't even have, to not say mean things, to not say things out of her flesh. She would say, God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life. And you begin to take the curse that the enemy has, and you reverse it, and you can and you can, and your kids, because you, what did we do? Donica Hudson has a three-day deliverance, and she was only able to do it one day. The rest of it, you write down the lies. My kids look, are on the internet too much. Find the scripture. Speak that over your kids. My kids talk back. No, my kids speak the word of God. You say it, even if you don't see it. We call those things that be not as what? As they were. We're all going to learn this. I'm going to call those things that be not as though they were. One more time. It's King James. I'm going to call those things that be not as though they were. One more time. I'm going to call those things that be not as though they were. And you're going to speak over your children. And you're going to speak over life. And you're going to say, my, how many kids you got? Well, five. Five, but two coming into our family in marriage. How old? 14, 20, 20, 21, and going on 22. Three of them here. Are they here? Are they here right here? Come on up. Come on up. Where are the kids? Where are the kids that are here? Can you come up? Are you willing to be prayed for? We're going to speak life over here. We're going to show you what to do for your kids because we're going to do it right now. Come on, babies, because God's got a call for your life. God's got an anointing on your life. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. I see the fire of God in you and the fire of God in you and the fire of God in you. Come on. Do y'all know Jesus? Y'all know Jesus? You know Jesus. What are your names? Emma. 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 Graham. Judah. Judah. This is fantastic because your mama, she's kind of embarrassing. Mom, what are you doing thinking that I need some help? What are you doing that you think you tell the whole world? No, no, no. You guys don't understand. Let me explain something to you. The, this is dad. What's up, man? Bring it. He's bringing the Jesus, the binging Jesus. That's what we want to do. So this is a family, and I'm going to show you guys how to heal families tonight. Come on up in the middle. Come on up in the middle. This is how we do it. You want to, we're here, you're here to be equipped. You're here to be trained. This is a training camp. These kids right here, we're going to all speak life. We're going to break the curses on your life. Because let me explain something to you. You were born in a generation, and then the, and the devil thought, 
I'm going to easily get you. Just get you to watch a little pornography. You'll get stuck in there forever. I'm going to ruin your life. I'm going to ruin your chance of being married. I'm going to ruin your chance of having any good kids. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you watching video games. I'm going to get you addicted to things. I'm going to try to tear your life to pieces and kill your mom's spirit at the same time. He says, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a little boy to whisper in your ears. It's just a little bit. It's just a little bit. It's just a little bit. Come on. Come on. I love you. He doesn't love you. Okay. He'll, you'll know when he loves you. Okay. He's going to try to take it, but he's not going to take it because we are going to speak. I see you. God sees you. This is your man. Come over here. Come over here. We're blessing this right now. We're going to bless this right now. This is our dude. Okay. We're going to bless this. You stay pure. You stay holy and God will bless it. You step to the left. You step to the right. You're going to step in fire. This generation there's, it's like a forest fire. You got to do something. You know Lahaina? You guys know what Lahaina? You know what? Oprah's house was not destroyed. Why wasn't it destroyed? Because she got the firefighters to have water around it. So this generation, you had a good question. Because your generation isn't our generation. Okay, it's not. We had, we had it okay. Kind of, and it's not your generation. Your generation surrounded by fire, and so you have to fight fire with fire. You gotta, you gotta, you have to become harder than I ever was, harder than your parents was, and you have to attack the attack because the enemy's gonna attack you guys. You're here for a reason because God loves you, and He wants to pull you and set you apart and give you the dreams that you have and fulfill everything. I see you in the future. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. How many of you know Kim Clement? There's a, there, I want you to speak over your children this. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. You say, I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I look right now. Somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I look right now. I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I look right now. I'm healthier, my family is healthier, my life is better, this nation is better because you got to see it to believe it, and you got to see it. This God has a land for every single one of you a blessing of land and homes. And so, I'm going to pray for you. What's your last name? Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. All sorts of last names. Okay. We're the Can Clan because it's Chambers Alexander Northrup. So just call us the Can Clan because we can do anything through Christ who gives us strength. So what I want you guys to do is I want you to form a circle with your backs. With your backs. I want you to face out. All of you. This is how your family fights. As soon as you turn around, you're fighting for the enemy. And you got to pray in the spirit. Don't fight with your mom. She loves you. I know I fight with my mom. It's okay. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. I've had issues with my mom. Okay? Fight outside. As soon as something comes in, the devil starts to whisper. Y'all didn't shut the door. You didn't turn the lights out. All those little things that get on you. We're not going to allow you. So can you guys hold hands? Father God, I lift up the can clan right now in Jesus' name. Go ahead, John, lay hands on them. I thank you that they represent every family here. 
Father God, I pray that they will fight back to back in this warfare. Because I'm telling you, I'm going to walk around here, there's a fire. And the Holy Spirit and water is going to roll and keep that fire away from your family. Keep that fire. Keep that fire away from your family. And then you're going to attack the attack and you're going to go save other people and other families. When you love Jesus with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you fulfilled all the law and all the prophets. We claim this clan for Jesus. A bind and gag Satan from trying to attack him. I thank you, Father God, that they have giftings and callings that they don't even know yet. That out of their bellies will flow rivers of living water that they didn't even know. I thank you, Father God, that the glory has fallen on this family. That this praying mama right here, he says, your, answer, your prayers are answered. Your kids love Jesus. And I'm going to guide them into heaven. And I'm going to guide them through this life. And it's not on your shoulders to do it. It's on my shoulders to do it. And when you have frustrations and when you have fear and you don't know what to do, you pray in your heavenly prayer language and God is going to show you what to do. He's going to show you and your husband what to do. And you guys right here, you're the team. And if you're glued together, nothing shall by any means harm you. You are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. God bless this family. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. Fill them with more of the anointing than they ever thought that they could have or ask or receive. I pray, Father God, that this, this family, wherever this family goes, that the glory will go, that the fire will go, that the calling will go. Right here, young man, there's a mantle on your life to be a man. This generation hasn't taught you how to be a man. You are going to have land. You are going to butcher animals. You are going to provide for your family off of the land. You are going to show this generation what it means to be a man of God. There's a mantle on your health. is a manly mantle. And that's why you're here right now. Because God has called you to be a man and you know it. And tonight, with these men in this room, you are manning up. You're going to be one of them. God has called you into that position. You're going to take care of your wife. You're going to take care of your kids. You're going to love them and honor them. And you're going to fight the fight. You're going to love with God's love. A pure and holy and righteous love that 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 just bends the knee to Jesus. And you only bend the knee to Jesus. You bend the knee to no man. And I tell you what, right now, this generation, you, who, where you're at right now, the devil wants to sift you. But I say no. There's a blessing on you right now. There's a blessing on you. The glory is fallen. The Holy Spirit is falling. And he says, you know what? I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Sometimes you just want to be seen.
to stay with me. Jason, are uh, Brian and uh, uh, Alicia here? Brian? Guys, can you pray? never seen anything like what we're doing right now in this nation since the sound of freedom the Lord spoke to us and he says he's judging this nation for sexual sins we're doing a deliverance tomorrow for it but looks like the Lord has started it tonight and a lot of you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost but you can't because you need deliverance first and so tonight we're going to pray, and that's why Scott said, I don't care if it takes till 3 a.m. Because anybody who needs deliverance, I just realized, we can pray. A lot of a lot of you are trying to get prayed for to get filled with the Holy Ghost, but there's demonic words spoken over you. And we want to break those demonic words and those lies on your heart and on your mind. Tonight, the shame and betrayal. We want to bring forgiveness into this room tonight. I'm in tears because tomorrow we're going to hear from a couple, a couple of couples 
who had betrayal in their lives. And the wives feel so dirty and they feel so ashamed. And the guys might be free, they might have repented, but you women, you carry it with you. You say, I'm not good enough. Am I ugly? What was it that you went after that magazine, after that video, after that woman? Was I not enough for you? That's a lie from the enemy. It was never about you. It was about taking your husband's soul. The judgment of God is coming on this nation right now in this hour for sexual sin. I have a friend who said that they're doing it in Canada right now. God's judgment is coming. And don't you be afraid of God's judgment because God's judgment is pure and righteous and holy altogether. And I want everybody here right now, including myself, to say, God, let me explain something with judgment. David said, try me as silver is tried. Wash me. Cleanse me. We all want to be washed. We want to be cleansed. But none of us want to go through the fire. But I tell you what, what happens when you go through the fire? He burns away everything that's not of you. And so tonight, I want you to ask God to judge you and judge the nation. So I'm going to get on my knees, and you don't have to on the gravel. But I'm going to say, God, judge me. God, forgive me. Forgive me for every idle word that I have spoken. Father God, forgive me for harboring armed forgiveness. And Lord God, when Scott said that he wanted Ivan here, I was like, he's a big personality. And when he got here, the Lord said, because he's got a big mission. And so, Ivan, I want to apologize to you, and I want to ask your forgiveness, brother, because my initial thoughts were that I didn't know if you should be here. And as I talked to Scott, we said, okay, this could be it. But as Pastor D said, sometimes you're not in a spiritual position enough to see right away what God's doing. And when I prayed for you, the Lord said you had some growing up to do because you couldn't see immediately what I was trying to do in Ivan. You were seeing with your eyes and thinking with your mind. And so, brother, wherever you're at, I'm just going to ask you to forgive me because I didn't see. And now I see. You see, we got to see each other's not with our eyes, but within the eyes of the spirit. You have to see your spouse, and sometimes there will be a divorce. Sometimes that spouse is not going to go and follow Christ. But sometimes you need to start speaking. And I don't care if they're going to leave or not. You have to start speaking the truth. My marriage is whole. My marriage is wholesome. My husband loves me. I'll tell you what, I met a lady this week. Her husband had an affair. He was or last a couple months ago. Sorry, the same week that I met, um, we met up with Jason. And and I met up with this couple at a revival, and they told me this story that that just a year ago, this year in September, he had committed adultery, and they were Christians since they were teenagers. They were on the ministry team. They sang, and he was driving his car, and he was headed to commit suicide. He was going to kill himself. But his wife had gone to a ministry conference and had learned to speak life over her husband. And she, beyond all 
doubt had begun to speak life and say, my husband loves Jesus. My husband is whole. And every time the devil would come, she'd speak the opposite. The right when the devil was going to take his life, the Lord said, don't you, do don't you do it. He said, go home. He came home. He said, what are we going to do? She said, I don't know. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. They began to pray. He fell on the floor, started rowling like a snake. The demons fell off of them. And right now he ministers the gospel of Jesus Christ because she spoke life over her husband. She spoke death to the serpent over his mind and over his body. And she realized that he wasn't the one doing it. It was Satan on him. And so when it's your kids, when it's your mom, when it's your dad, when it's your sister, when it's your brother, when it's your friends, you speak life. You pray in the Holy Ghost. If you got an argument with anybody who loves Jesus, you stop and you, you say, you know what? We're going round and round in circles. Let's pray together on this. And let's see what Pastor D just said, because Pastor D schooled us all. She schooled us all tonight. And she said, y'all you got to go and ask the Father what he wants. you got to go and see what your kingdom assignment is. And you got to apologize when you miss it, and you got to move on. And so right now the Lord is saying, for, for a bunch of you, you have to forgive yourself, and you have to forgive others. There's a major lesson in forgiveness, because forgiveness doesn't mean that you let it go and there's no justice. Forgiveness means that you allow God to bring justice and you allow God to bring just judgment. And so I saw a big fire coming in and I said, Lord, I saw the fire go all over my flesh and just, and whatever was of him. And I saw it lean into it, it's hot. And if you've ever been a campfire and you lean too close, there's a wind to that fire and you lean into that fire in a spiritual realm and he burns away everything that's not of him. And you want that fire on this nation. You, you guys, we have to ask for God's judgment because he's the judge, a good and righteous judgment. So with me in your spirit, just say, God, judge us and judge this nation. God, judge us and judge this nation for the sexual sins. Bring these families back together in unity, in one, in might. May we honor you. May we serve you. I know there's a lot of broken hearts here. There's a lot of broken hearts here. There's a, there's a lot of people that have been, been molested here, men and, and women, and you carry a shame. And that was the word the Lord gave to me. He said, he said it was done to you, it wasn't you. Those thoughts that you had, those things that you may have done with your siblings, with your cousins, I hear aunts and uncles, grandparents, your body responded in a certain way, but it wasn't you. God wants to deliver you tonight of what they did to you and what you feel like they've done through you. But God says, I see you and I'm delivering you right now in the name of Jesus. It wasn't you. I see you as a child created perfectly by Jesus. And we're going to renew your mind. God is going to renew your mind and make it like it never happened. I had an alcoholic father. I was afraid to go see him. I took him to court when I was in third grade. The judge said, well, maybe if I, I make it legally so he couldn't drink. 
You can go on visitation. Well, when I went to visitation, he, I went with his girlfriend who was a cop who still let him drink. And nothing ever changed, and I got mad at God. And I got to tell you something, what I had to do, and some of you guys are going to have to do this. I had to forgive God. I said, God, why, when I prayed to you, why didn't you stop it? Why did I grow up when all the other kids had a loving dad and they had the things that they need? He said, Leah, even as a kid, all you needed to do, you needed to ask the right prayers. And so once I was able to get filled with the Holy Ghost, I realized that my God was always there, that even as a child, I could have prayed in the Spirit. And it was when my sister and I started to pray in the Spirit together over our mom that we got set free. And my family is a living testimony that he can take the darkness and he can turn it into light. And he can take the brokenness. You see, my mom got pregnant with me out of wedlock and my dad wanted me aborted. And she said no. And then when she had me, she said she looked at me all alone in the hospital and she said that she felt love for the first time. And the devil tried to take that love my whole life. And the devil's been trying to take your love your whole life. And so tonight the Lord says, I love you. I love you. I see you. I'm binding up those wounds. I was in the room with you. How many of you have seen Sound of Freedom? You see, we want to bring health and healing to those children who have been totally, completely broken. And that's what this whole Bards Fest is about. Some of you is your inner child, and as you get healed from these broken memories, it's going to make it like it didn't happen. And I don't know how this happened, but I used to have nightmares of my dad coming and getting me. But suddenly I started to have dreams of my dad coming, and he's normal. He loves. He loves me like Cam loves his kids. He loves me like Corey loves his kids. He loves me like Doc loves his kids. I'm having these dreams over and over and over again. And I tell you what, I'm healed. And that's what it means to be healed, is that the memory is healed. And so you don't have the memory of being molested again. You don't have that memory. It's like it's like a different, distant thing in the shadow, but it's not there anymore. You're free. And who the Son is set free is free indeed. He came to heal up the brokenhearted, not to just bandage it up and, and, and let it get infected. He came to heal it up. And what the devil intended for evil, God is turning around for good tonight. He's turning around for good tonight. He's turning around for good tonight. And Christy, would you bring us into some so a song of victory tonight? All right, here we go. Sure. Anybody ready to uh, praise the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. Check, check. I need more piano. You love me just for battle. You love me just for battle. You love me just for battle. Take the land. Take the land. You love me just for battle. You love me just for battle. Take the land, take the land. 
take the so we call off the giant's head. We giants for our bread. We call off the giant's head. Come on. We giants for bread. We call off the giant's head. We giants for our bread. We call off the giant's head. Where my kids are Where my kids are
We were literally just singing this song in the green room in the back when praying. Singing that exact song earlier today. My kids and my husband on the drum. God is calling us to take the land. He's saying, You are an army dressed and ready for battle. Come on, take the land. That's how you do it by dancing, by worship, by seeking God's face. Come on. Woo. I just, I just pray over that everyone here will have the Holy Spirit. They will give their kids the Holy Spirit. That whoever isn't here who's believing in Jesus, that they will have strength in the name of Jesus. Strength yes. Jesus. Glory. No, 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 no. God, I pray over this land that you would heal it and fill it, Lord. Pray all over this place, Lord, that you bring your fire down, that we will cut off the giant's head and we will eat it for our bread, Lord. That nothing could take us down. Anything that is attacking us right now, we will block it back at the enemy, Lord. That any enemy that stands against us will not prosper. Any weapon, Lord. So I pray, uh, pray for a tidal wave of your love over this place tidal right wave, now. baby. Tidal wave, Lord. In Jesus' name. You know me. Oh. Come on, declare it today. You got the breastplate of righteousness on. You got the sword of the spirit. You're cutting off the heads all around you. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? You got the shoes of the gospel of peace. You can't say you ain't got nothing on me. You see, I got the belt of truth. I got salvation, yo. Here's my truth. You see, what the enemy thought he had on me. You see, Jesus died. He died at Calvary. And when I bend a knee, I bend a knee to the King of Kings. You see, we we turned ourselves away from God, but tonight we're turning back. And I need to clone myself because there's not enough of me, and there's not enough of you, and there's not enough of you. We got to clone these people. Y'all need gifts of prophecy. Y'all need gifts of the Spirit. Y'all need workings and miracles. How many of you here want to pray for people and get them, get them healed? How many of you want the gift of healing? Come up here. Just come on the stage. Those of you who legit want the Holy Ghost Spirit, a gift of healing, come on up here. Come up off the stage. And I'm going to ask for you guys to kind of pray for people. And keep singing. Keep, keep the mic. For people who want a gifting of healing to see manifest Whoa, miracles, to see the yeah. dead walk and the blind Whoa. see. If you want a gifting of miracles, Whoa. you come up here tonight. You want to see healings. Will you guys pray over these people? Because these children walk in miracles. Can you guys give a testimony of some miracles that you have seen? Go ahead. He's got a testimony. Um... I think I had a person I was praying over. His name was Russell. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And he's, he had uh, lung cancer. Lung right? cancer. Lung cancer. Skin cancer. Uh, I think it was blood cancer. 
It was cancer, okay. It was cancer, okay? okay. I don't remember all of it, but he said that when I prayed over him, he got goosebumps and stuff, and he said that uh, he, he came to a revival after that, every single night after that. He felt more alive every single day after that? Yeah, and... Ahead, He's Mom. saying it came to the revival. They were on the street in Liberty City in one of the most dangerous towns in, in Miami. And they were doing evangelism and they prayed for this guy and just wrecked him. And he came every single night to the revival after that is what he said. So come on up. Anybody else who wants the gifting of miracles? These young men are going to pray for you. Will you guys lay hands on these guys? We're going to pray for you. Go ahead. Keep singing, Christy. Whatever you got. Lord, I thank you. You called us to come, like faith, like a child. So how powerful this child, like faith, up here, God. I thank you for these secret weapons of the Lord. To believe you can do anything till they're taught otherwise, Lord. Till they're taught otherwise, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your fire, God. I thank you, God, that you break cycles, Lord. I thank you that these signs and wonders will follow those that believe. The those that believe. And you said to come like to, like a child, Lord, with childlike faith. So I just speak that over my brother right now again. Take him back to his first love, Lord. Take him back to his first love, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I just pray over stirring up deep, deep waters. Stirring up deep, deep waters. Michael, that God will just give him the Holy Spirit of God, that wherever he is, in whatever place he's in, that God would just give him the Holy Spirit of God, that he will heal him, that any grievance, any of that, any of the bad stuff will come out in the name of Jesus, that his heart, he's renewed in the name of Jesus, he's renewed in the name of Jesus, amen. The river, the river. Lord, I pray for Michael right now. That start is gonna go right now, and it's gonna come and wash over everything he's been through, and anything that he wants to take him out in Jesus' name will be gone and will leave right now. Anything that's going for him, Lord, that he will have a shield that will block everything, Lord. That I pray for his walk in Jesus' name. When he walks with you, he walks with the heavens and the earth. God of Jacob, King of Heaven, the Great I Lord, I pray over him right now that I see you walking with God near the river, and I see you walking. Keep and you guys go into the distance and you guys keep on going and I see there's a never ending walking with you and Jesus and you guys keep on going and there's no ending God I just pray um, God I just pray that they, that they will just God, I just pray that they will have just overabundant faith, God, that you'll give them the just give them the faith to press on, God, in the hearts and in in the easy, God, that you will give them the faith to press on through anything that you have planned for them, God, that you will give them the armor, God, that they will not be armorless, God, that they will have the defense against the enemy. God, 
that they will just use your word as as their sword, that they will war, that they will war, and that they will not be shaken down, they will not be held down, because they are sons of you, God, that they will show because you are that you will not let them trip stone, God, but they stone that was meant to for them that they will use it as their weapon and they will not they will use what the devil has planned to hurt them as their weapon God that they will not use it as uh, they will not have a spirit of fear but as love power and a sound mind I just hope that this song is for you Shout of Zion. So we Every demonic cycle that we try to come in like a flood to tell him lies, we just break it right now. In Jesus' name, we command and decree your Holy Spirit, come. I just felt like the belt of truth. I just felt the belt of truth and the shoes of peace and the breastplate of righteousness. I thought if you have peace in all of the hard moments and if you have truth and you be truth to yourself to other people that God will help you in any moment <laughs> just name him <amen. laughs> be raised up on mountains be made low on valleys be raised up on mountains be made low God just led me to this. Um, I thought that anything, any demon what was passed on from your family, it doesn't go on you because you're a child of God. That I just saw a baby. I just saw you as a baby, but like there was a bunch of things around you, and you were trying to escape it. But God was right there in the middle of it, and you were right next to him. But you were trying to escape all these things, and God was just telling you to come and forgive and release.
What did you do? What did, what did you just see? I just what did pray you say? If you, you saw to Jesus, all your problems will disappear in the name of Jesus. If you seek him, into this in the name of Jesus, that it will be released in the name of Jesus. Amen. Enveloping everyone with a crest in love of all the angels in the amazing council that actually they're nodding their heads <laughs> he is with us as well and they're organizing He's taking all chaos, all yeah. childhood chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Swirling around, you're trying to get away, but God's bringing peace. It wasn't your fault. Fire. It wasn't your fault. Peace. Thank you, Jesus. No, it wasn't your fault. Whatever it was that it did, whatever